0: hey guys what's up it is uh week 110 and i got a he a bunch of stuff on my plate today um this video is probably going to be 18 days long uh just let you guys know, addressing some things uh, with the Patreon and everything going on, um, you know, last week I felt that I was a little burned out on uh, some of the view. You know, you watch 10 movies a week, and by the time you start talking about the one you first watched early on in the week, I feel like maybe sometimes you leave out more details than you should, but I like the weekly format, so I'm trying to keep that for you. But uh, it's not going anywhere. I'm just letting you guys know. I feel like I was a little burnt out last week. So I want to excuse King. I want to apologize to you guys. And uh, the written reviews, I feel, were really lackluster. I don't, and, and I feel like maybe it's just that I feel that at this point in time, no one bothers with the written reviews, reading them. So I just kind of focus more on the video stuff. And then by the time it comes to do the written reviews, I just slog through them sometimes, unfortunately, which is the case. Not always, but I feel that sometimes I do slog through them. And, and then I go back and read it. And I'm like, man, that's embarrassing. I shouldn't have put my name on that. But uh, just letting you guys know, uh, there's tons of stuff, like I said, uh, of course, this is like the sixth week of Hammer, so we got two, the last double feature, then we go into some singles, and we also have a Thralls of Metal interview. They are a uh, bunch of YouTubers. There's like a group of metal guys. One of them is one of my best friends, so I knew that this guy knew a ton about metal, and they're entertaining, funny guys. They have a YouTube channel. The link will be below. They're going to start doing stuff for Screaming Toilet as well, trying to grow that you know that brand and have a bunch of different people on there, but these guys are experts, and uh, I recommend you check out their channel if you like metal metal or music or just they're pretty funny guys anyways you'll see a uh, a, kind of like a video with a couple of them in here um nick and joe and we talk a little bit about Deathgasm and this is spinal tap and some other heavy metal horror movies and just they talk about metal and to be honest if you guys know me i'm not like a metal expert i'm not huge on the metal i've always been about the movies some stuff i like but i it's like i'm just basically i barely know what that i don't really know what i'm talking about so i kind of avoid the metal talk and just kind of dive into the movies but that's that's later in the video. It's like an hour long. Hopefully if you don't see it at the end of this one, it will be in the, the next week's video because I have so much to edit in. I don't want the video to be like three hours long for you guys. But First and uh, foremost, I want to start this out with a very special review of a box set. and I'm going to go these individually. Uh, I don't want to review them just as a set because they're such unique films. But This is the American Horror Project, Volume 2. Uh, Arrow did this one a while ago, the original um, American Horror Project, and it had three films in there. Um, and The kind of Deal with this um, was to see like these kind of forgotten regional filmmakers that like what if George Romero and Toby Hooper didn't weren't the ones that got the recognition? What if these guys were and they showcased three kind of unique regional horror films that could have you know kind of changed the course of American cinema? Um, we had guy uh, the films like Premonition, which is an interesting movie with um, geez, Richard Lynch, and there was also Malatestas Carnival of Horror or Carnival of Blood, I believe it's called, and the Witch Who Came from the Sea which is a video nasty and a really dark drama all three movies i felt were um interesting to great i really enjoyed the set i enjoyed the presentation so i was waiting for a very long time for the second one to come out and i gotta say man they really knocked it out of the park here let me start with the first movie dream no evil uh this is directed by um alan hayes and and saying this i, I find it super interesting john hayes john hayes i always want to say alan hayes but uh it, i find it super interesting that these movies, uh, they, they, it's not just about the movie itself, it's also about uh, the, the the history of the movie, and the product of the movie, and everything like that, so they dive deep into the special features, and they get the best people for it of course, Stephen is involved with this, uh, this particular movie, and all these movies this whole release, so he, he's on everything on here, but let me get into the movie Dream No Evil, this, like I said, the director was John Hayes, and he's a very interesting guy and they go to the history and the, the commentary and everything like that, but he directed some uh, horror films that people might be familiar with, Garden of the Dead from 72, which I am familiar with. It was a childhood favorite of mine. It's a really weird movie with prisoners that um, try to do a prison break after sniffing a bunch of formaldehyde, and they come back to life, and they use all these tools to attack. Uh, It's goofy and weird, but it always had a certain charm to it, and I always enjoyed it. It's been years since I visited it. And he also did Grave of the Vampire with Michael Pataki, who's also in this film. And that one's supposed to have a really strange cult following as well. That one I haven't seen. Screen Factory recently released it. So I'm interested in that. So he also did this one, Dream No Evil. And this movie um all three of these movies but in this one it opens up with this girl in an orphanage and she um wakes up and she's young and it's dark and it's really creepy and she starts screaming for her father and she's like dad dad come get me dad come get me and it's really kind of sad and she ends up running out and waking everybody up and the the, the leader like the not the leader but the um, the person who's running the orphanage tells her your dad's dead he's not coming for you and it just sets up this whole movie into this weird kind of loss and uh really bothersome to be honest and this is the kind of stuff you'd watch at a young age and it wouldn't affect you but once you have like these like dark things that happen to you in real life or you just grow up and you start to understand how disturbing some of this stuff actually could be to somebody it kind of affects you and we it, it goes to the girls all grown up now and she's working in this weird kind of traveling uh circus side slash like religious uh grouper it's led by michael pataki and he's like this um evangelical like healing preacher and she she's traveling with him, kind of you get the idea, she's dating his brother as well, who's a doctor, and so you have these two different science, these healing practices, where one's a doctor and one's this faith healer, so, and she's caught in the middle of it, and you get the idea that she's traveling along with him, because she's on the quest to find her father, and they go through the town, and her father used to live there, so you you feel that her father isn't dead, that he abandoned her, or something happened where he couldn't take care of her, he was a truck driver, so, so there's that going on, but it Pataki in this movie is really weird. He reminds me of like an evil Bill Murray in Kingpin, uh, but a faith healer. And he's just going over the top with the crowd. And just uh, and they have this strange kind of like um, giant show to get the people's audience where uh, she jumps off this high place to land on something. And it's just like the, the show of it all. So it's like this carny aspect, this carny, weird, southwestern religious aspect all into it. Really strange, really kind of bizarre. Well, basically, she ends up going to look for her father in this small town, and she runs into some strange characters, and uh, she ends up, this is, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but I kind of have to basically set up the plot here a little bit. Well, she finds out that her father has passed, so she goes to, uh, with this pimp slash undertaker, believe it or not, to see the body, and the father is played by legendary actor Edmund O'Brien, I mostly know from The Wild Bunch, which kind of blew my mind that he was in this kind of low-rent regional horror Film that I had never heard of until this thing showed up, uh, until this was announced. But I was like, wow, I had been O'Brien's in this movie. That's kind of interesting. So he's on the slab and he starts to move and he comes back to life and he actually kills the Undertaker and that sets up the relationship between her and her father and the movie has this strange narration throughout that basically is telling you what's happening even though you can kind of grasp what's happening with the psychology of the lead character so I'm like was this added in post? Why was this added in post? Was this kind of like dumbing it down for the audience even though you kind of could tell what's going on? But there's these strange moments where the lead character starts to battle with her own psychology and that is kind of scary and her own sexuality is involved with her psychology and it's a duality and uh the like loss of her parent um her her father plays into it edmund o'brien's really good in this he's really kind of intimidating uh and the performance by the lead is really kind of sad and tragic but also scary um you can't not not compare this to obviously being inspired by something like psycho especially they pull the whole thing at the end where they basically almost look at the camera and say this is what was wrong with her psychology. This is why she did this. And you're like, I kind of gathered a lot of that. But thanks for the information. In 1960 with Psycho, we could have used that, maybe some of us. But this, not so much. But regardless... Um it was always intriguing to me and the characters, even the side characters, like the sheriff, they're not super like annoying and they don't feel like this, the same box, two dimensional or one dimensional characters. I should say that you get in a lot of other films, but I, I, the sheriff actually has a conversation with her boyfriend. Who's the doctor and says, why aren't you up there? He's a am a doctor of science. And he's like, Oh, and like, he seems a little like he doesn't approve it, but he's also, but that's okay. That's okay. At the same time. Um, I, I like that. It's really interesting. and, I think that it, it the psychology of the character is really interesting as well. I actually like this one quite a bit. I was surprised by it. Uh, the performances are good. It has some nice camera angles. Uh, I thought there, if I remember correctly, like you watch so many movies. I think that all three of these movies had some camera work that I thought was special. I think this one has some tracking. I think the next one has better, but uh, but there is some like establishing shots that look really pretty as well. Like it's a weird, endearing, but batshit kind of exploitation psychological thing but it never feels like it's just sheer exploitation and it's got a classic uh, genre actor not genre he's in a bunch of stuff big time actor in it who is kind of like on on his end you know but he still does a good job that's the difference between actors that um, from back in the day from now to me like a lot of times they'll be like well so and so was just cashing in a check but even when they cash in the check they deliver the goods for me because they have screen presence and even if I don't think they like shuffle through their roles as much as a lot of the actors do nowadays like they're not pulling bruce willis's where it's like let's get this over with okay you know what i mean i don't don't, not that i want to pick on bruce willis but that's what i feel like sometimes i watch some of his newer films but i don't think like a lot of these old classic actors they were like appreciative get work they loved it they live for it so and, and the performance is good and weird and strange i really love this movie actually and uh when you watch a lot of horror movies um Sometimes you got to go to like the regional or exploitation stuff, and it, it's a lot dark drama. It's it's not really you know like I guess people will be like, well, it's kind of like a proto slasher at the same time, and it can be, but interesting stuff. Um, all the features are really what helps this release as well. Besides, it's remastered. It looks really great. It sounds great. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the uh, trailers uh, or the Arrow uh, kind of tr- puts up the trailers for these. A lot of times, they're not up yet, so you'll be seeing crummy looking versions of the trailers. Unfortunately, but. Uh, man this one looks good it sounds good it has um, a commentary by uh, Kat Ellinger and Sam Deacon and they do such a good job on this stuff they're experts on the uh, director and he, they do his whole filmography they talk a lot about it they talk a lot and they do the Daughters of Darkness podcast which I listened to uh, just recently and I was like man shame on me for not listening to this These, they're, they're great and they do a lot of other commentaries I've heard and I always appreciate their input they're very intelligent and they have some laughs uh, with each other it's just a they're really good at what they do and they're highly educated in the subject matter Top-notch commentary. On here as well, Stephen Thrower appreciation for Dream No Evil, which I also love Stephen Thrower. Again, the same can be said about him. Loves what he does, and he does a great job. Uh, And there's also appreciate, well, he goes into like the early films of this director and talks about the history because this guy really didn't get um, much recognition from anyone except... Stephen Thrower until now, so he wrote about him in Nightmare in USA, his book. So they go into the history of his filmography, and it's it's a very interesting life and in filmography with uh, pornos and exploitation films and horror films and stuff like that. And then we also have one of the greatest uh, additions to this was an expert on Edmund O'Brien, and he goes through and he talks about Edmund O'Brien's career, about uh, you know his Academy Award-winning nominee. I, I don't know if he won, but he was nominated for sure, and all the way up until this movie, this being. one one of his last roles in the early 70s and um, you know and then after that he was signed on to do Black Christmas and he had like dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that where he couldn't remember his lines and he was ended up shipped off to an old folks home and all this whole story is interesting and uh, it just was great hearing about the actor and everything like that and it, it really gave some appreciation to these old actors like that who are just like workhorses and they, they just did so much dedication and I, I love the release I love the movie and I was really impressed with it but uh, but yeah, that's his. Um, and I know I'm not being like hype this stuff up because I'm I'm kind of a weird person. I like like regional horror, and I like kind of like the later, the older I get, the more psychological I kind of go into, just because it that's the stuff that just it it. it, it pulls me in a little bit more, unless the movie I've seen like a hundred million times and it's like embedded in my brain, you know, a lot of that stuff Like it's very hard for me to watch um, new films and fall in love with them like I can an old film, and I don't know if that's biases or nostalgia, but i would never seen this movie and I, I really enjoyed it and I could see myself revisiting it, that's Dream No Evil
1: Daddy, please help me Daddy, please help
2: me Dream No Evil As a child, she screamed for the father she never had But as a lustful adult, she created the image of a father in her mind and brought it to life to avenge her sins. No daddy! No daddy! no daddy! no daddy! She has
3: projected herself into a father image. All of her life, from what I can tell.
2: Academy Award winner Edmund O'Brien stars in this story of murder and mayhem.
4: Evil fantasy gone berserk.
0: Okay, the next one on the American Horror Project Volume 2 is Dark August. This is the one that I never heard of for sure. Dream No Evil, I might have seen the name and just passed it by. Like, kind of heard of it, but didn't really pay much attention to it. The name's so generic that it could be with anything. Dark August. I've never heard of this movie, ever. This one's for Vermont, and this is, again, like a dark, psychological, but yet supernatural horror film. Uh, we follow the story of this kind of middle-aged man, and he obviously has some a haunted past. Uh, he hit a young kid on the road and killed them by accident, and he um, is still in the small town that it happened in, and he keeps seeing the grandfather of the girl he did it to, and there's just something wrong with him. He's having these weird attacks, and you can realize that some occult stuff is going on, and you know who the main uh, perpetrator probably is. So that's the story here, but it, this movie has like a, a sense of dread that is really just off-putting and and it has this weird sense of the occult as well. And and when you think about it, it a lot of those movies had the occult with the tarot cards and you're just like roll your eyes, but they they work here. And it's actually drawn, the performances are really good. The lead in here, he is likable, but also he's just an average guy and he feels actually distraught. And the nightmares is something, I was watching this movie and I was thinking, you know, there are some things worse than death, you know? Uh, staying alive after you've killed someone on accident seems to be one of them. And there's the real horror in that, the idea that you're so guilty for what you've done, even if it was an accident. And that that stuff is just really bothersome. Um, The camera work I remember in this one really stuck out to me. Like I said, they have a lot of, like, Establishing shots. The other one did too, but this one has really beautiful scenery. They do that kind of stuff. You can tell these people also did long tracking shots, which I really appreciated because I know they're not particularly easy. So, um, especially on film. So they're following him, and just a couple characters talking for a long period of time, and there would be a fight scene involved with it, like a quick fight scene. But of course, uh, the lead starts to figure out what's going on. He enlists some help of a occult a, a uh, person who is played by, I think, Kim Hunter. You know, classic actress. I'm not too familiar with her. Act- Actually, you know, I'd probably see her and be like, okay, I've seen a bunch of these, but it's just not, it, she didn't register like Edmund O'Brien did right when I saw him or seen the name. And I was like, wow. But yeah, so enlist the help of an occult person and they kind of are trying to stop this curse. Uh, there's also this weird, like, omnius presence out there in the woods that's like in a cloak and he's always trying to find them and you don't know. And it's just like a familiar basically brought up to drive him mad and, you know, ruin his life and, you know, get revenge. But It feels like later on, like stuff like thinner, you know, that whole like I put a curse on you stuff. But this one feels so much more grounded than something like thinner. And a lot of it is just like the two, him and his relationship with his uh, girlfriend, and calling his family back home. He's just an interesting character and just a, a a unique actor that you wouldn't see necessarily play this kind of role. But it all feels so real and grounded. It's not like your hunky typical lead. It's just an average guy. And I guess he was from a comedy background, which kind of interested me because the performances all in here are really solid, especially even if they are amateur. And the old man is really kind of a creepy presence as well. But I thought this one was really shot well as you know, and it looked great and sounded great and the ending is kind of weird and bizarre and it's downbeat and just very 70s and, um, the f- special features are also pretty great on here they interview an expert on Vermont uh, filmmaking and horror so he talks about all the regional horror films and stuff that were made in here from ghost story to tons of stuff which is really interesting and this guy is an expert on I believe his home state and uh, what films were made in Vermont and I like that how he talks about this and another movie were made around the same time and that one's yet to be released. So uh, again, Discovery is one of the main things that keeps a film fan going, especially a genre film fan going. Discovery, Discovery, Discovery. Watch 100 to get one great one. And and that ratio gets smaller and smaller. The more films you see, you watch maybe like 20 to get one great classic movie or 30 or 40 or 50. And then I think it gets smaller and smaller as it goes on. So it's nice to see this stuff. And it's just like cracking the surface on a bunch of stuff that, you know, anybody that tells you, I've repeated myself in this video later, but anybody that tells you they've seen everything or they can see it all, they haven't seen anything. Because once you crack one door open, there's a million more doors that open. so and, and that's what like it is with this. like I've never even heard of this, and like I, I'm like I'm so interested in seeing maybe some other films like it, you know, so I hope this a horror project keeps going on. but I, also on the features is an interview with the director, and he he kind of opens up about the ending. he's like, "I don't know what it meant." and you're just like he's just he's an odd guy but he's very candid and i you know i'm glad they interviewed him because i'm sure he hasn't been interviewed about this kind of stuff before it's also an interview with an actress on here appreciation by Stephen thrower which was good um you know Stephen thrower is one of the best just like the other people on these releases but Uh, This is another one that I uh, thought was really great and entertaining and uh, pretty different. And this is the one that I never heard of, never heard anyone bring up. Didn't even know existed. Didn't even know existed, but that is uh, Dark August. Uh, Really kind of, you know, dread-filled, 70s, dark, psychological drama. Kind of similar to the last one, but not as much dread in the last one. Just kind of sadness.
1: What'd he say?
3: I said, I'm all right, just a little hyper.
1: Tranquilizers?
4: Just like my dog.
3: Can I talk to you a minute, Mr. McDermott? Look, all I want... Look, Mr. McDermott, all I want to do is talk to you just for a second, will you just listen to me? Could you just listen a minute? Look, Mr. McDermott, look, what can I say? I'm sorry. I mean, how many times do you want me to apologize about your granddaughter's death? Let me do. Look, I'm warning you, McDermott. What do you want me to do? I want you to leave me alone. And I'm gonna tell you something else. That goes to your friend, too. Hanging out of my house. Just have him stay with me, or else you're gonna fight Why don't you
1: listen to him? Why don't you
3: put your ears where your eyes are? Why don't you listen to him? Why don't somebody listen to him? What am I talking to? A wolf? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Have I got a problem? I want
0: to hear it now, if you do. Okay, then. Party's over. Let's go home. Okay, let's go. I'll go now. Yes,
1: everybody can go.
3: Okay.
5: You're all right, huh? Yep.
4: Mr. DeVito, can I see you for a minute?
5: Causing a lot of concern for our townspeople. You're causing a lot of, lot of grief for the old man. Well, What about the grief he's causing me? Such as? So... Yeah, what's the point of all this? Well, let's just take it easy, and uh, you know the man's getting very old. Yeah. Understand? Yeah, I understand. I thought you would. Why don't you go on home?
0: Oh, boy, man. This last one on the American Horror Project is a doozy. And it's the only one I had seen before. From 1977, The Child. This is a movie. I'm going to bring it up. I have a little history of this. I've I've talked to, um, you know, like, Joe Rubin. And he'd bring this movie up to me. Like, this is a bizarre, weird movie. And, um... Who else? Uh, Arthur Culliper, um, who directed Headless, and he was in The Badman. I, I like to ask you know, people that I know love movies when I'm working with them or just talking to them. And I said, any movie that you think is like a cult item that no one talks about? And he said, not about it. He's like, The Child. The Child. And he, I was like, okay. And that's like, second I had to watch it back in the day. So I, when the Blu-ray, when it was announced that it was going to be on the set, I was like, perfect. Perfect. Perfect movie. <laughs> This movie, man, is, is anybody that hasn't seen it should check it out. It is so weird. It opens up, this movie is nightmare logic, nightmare fuel, inept weirdness in the very beginning. Everybody seems eighty yard, and the first 20 minutes, you're like, what is this mess of a movie? And you're like, this is just not good, this is not terrible, and then as it progresses, you're like, no, I'm in this weird kind of nightmare world where I don't know what the hell is going on, but I'll tell you what, it ends up becoming this crazy, um, entertaining but scary movie. I'm going to tell you this movie is like Night of the Living Dead. Children shouldn't play with dead things. Carry the bad seed and burial ground that's what it reminds me of it reminds me of all these movies but regional and cheap and it's made by um, I believe a, a foreign uh, director who came from Iran and then um, another they're both and the producer was foreign too but he came over very young and they're interesting and that that's always what happens is you get these weird kind of like nightmare logic or sometimes they're so bad they're good but I wouldn't call that this um, these movies where they have are directed by somebody from a different country who's doing an endearing earnest movie and they're on a budget they make these kind of unique like visions of horror and that's what the child is like we have uh this nanny who's hired to take care of this young girl in an isolated area, isolated farm, where there's a, a father who seems way too old to be her father, and uh, basically another helper, maybe her his son as well. I, I think so. So she's basically hired to take care of this child. Almost immediately, you realize this child is not right. This child is visiting the cemetery at night to visit her friends. Her mother was killed in, under mysterious circumstances. There's very little inhabitants around the area of the farm. There's another, like, kind of caretaker, and then there's this weird family, this old lady who's very bizarre and over the top said she was a theater actor and that kind of explains it how she's just completely over the top and you realize that the child in this movie is communicating with something in the graveyard and she has um, some sort of weird like uh, telekinesis or telepathy or something like that and she has control over these people that she is talking to in the graveyard. It's not going to be hard to figure out what I told you what its influences were, what they are. Um, The climax of this movie becomes insane and terrifying and it kind of feels it's a little slow but once it picks up at the end it's a creepy and dreary the whole movie and the atmosphere is over the top like the woods and tons of fog and too much rain it's almost like too much but it's just like you can tell it's a movie but you don't care because it's just like so forced in there and everything but the drawings that she has showing her friends are just generally very creepy of them eating cats in the very beginning they show her bring like this little kitten or cat to the graveyard and you know it's going to happen but yeah it's just basically this this nanny and this young man trying to survive this terrible crazy world it is Gets pretty gory at times. Uh, some And they use the same gag a couple times with the eye missing. It gets bloody. It gets nuts. And there's a siege at the end in kind of this uh, corral and barn area which is what Nightmares are made of. And it's just such a weird crazy movie that I just can't recommend enough. You really gotta see it because it, it, if you like low budget horror films from the 70s that are regional and weird this is like the cream of the crop. Uh, I think it's the cream of the crop of the bunch. Maybe not the most um, psychologically intense movie or uh, one that will actually like hurt your soul like the other two may possibly but this one is uh terrifying in its own weird kind of way like i said it's cheesy and goofy at times It, it does feel that way but something like burial ground where you're watching it and you're like oh this is so weird and off the wall and kind of stupid but then there's these weird like scenes that literally feel like they're coming from a nightmare and i'm it's kind of terrifying and stupid at the same time, but I think the child has its great moments. Uh, I, I really enjoyed. I like the looks of the creatures at the end. I would highly recommend this one. There's, again, uh, appreciation with Stephen Thrower, and there's a, a commentary with the producer, director, and Stephen Thrower moderating. I don't think I had a chance to listen to that, but I did watch the interview with the director and producer, and they talk about how they got this movie made and how they met and everything like that, and they seem interesting, unique people. Like, all the filmmakers behind these movies are characters in themselves, and they're not just like... They're different. They're unique, and they had there's a story within them as well as within their films, that um, and it comes through into their films and you just like everything coming into context with this box set makes it a real winner so I would highly recommend the box set I would highly recommend checking out all three of these films I would go back and watch the other American Horror Project if you can get your hand on it especially The Witch Who Came From the Sea and then Premonition and then probably Melatestas although it is interesting it is the weakest of the three I would say but it has the, probably some of the most iconic iconic scenes at the same time so I really like this uh, you know this series and um, just support it so we can get more of it and And I'll let you guys uh, check out the trailer for the child.
3: The face of an angel. The heart of a killer. (laughs) The power of the devil. I want to know who you're meeting in the cemetery.
0: I don't have to tell you anything.
3: I'm going to work for them. I'm going to take care of Rosalie Norton. The death of parents when a child is rather
5: young, it leaves you feeling so alone. I have friends. They do favors
3: for me. What kind of favors? You'll
1: find out. Stay right here. I'll
0: be
3: right back. All right, who's in here?
0: (laughs) Rosalie, stop it! They're gonna come and hurt you both. Hurt you bad.
3: The child wants to play hide and go kill.
5: Who's in here?
4: Her power is unearthly.
5: You go away, Rosalie! Go away and leave me alone!
3: Her acts, monstrous. Her secret, electrifying. Of unspeakable evil.
1: Ah! Ah!
3: (laughs) The child, a terrifying thriller
0: okay guys i thought this was the best place to throw this in here so um yeah i'm gonna let you guys know that there is a contest um for a brand new American Horror Project set, still sealed. I know you guys seen it in the video, I showed you a little bit of it in the review. But yeah, you can win that along with uh, a nice little tote bag. You get a closer look at these of the American Horror Project right here, there we go. Um, all you got to do is send an email to the uh, screaming toilet at Gmail, uh, screaming toilet contest at Gmail dot com, and in the header put American Horror Project. This is probably going to go on for quite some time, and uh, guaranteed to go on for after uh, the Fourth of July because what better way to celebrate the uh, Independence Day, Fourth of July, uh, instead, but, you know, give away American Horror Project, Volume Two. Why not? Um, I'm actually shipping this one myself this time so um, foreign uh, for Canada I'll, I'll ship to Canada. I don't want to be I don't know how the uh, customs but I will ship to Canada because uh, you know, um, so America and Canada, it's open to them so please send in your email screaming toilet contest at gmail.com uh, for a way to enter and a lot of the information will be below like I said, you're going to want to get your hands on this set um, you'll probably get some advertising emails from like MVD and stuff like that just on upcoming releases, stuff that you probably be interested in anyways. So just give you a fair warning. So if you start getting emails from that, that um, you didn't expect, that's why. But uh, yeah, go ahead and join. And uh, I guess I'll show you a little bit of the tote bag right here. Okay guys, the next one is from Cult Epics and it's another flick from Amsterdam and this is My Nights with Susan, Sandra, Olga, and Julie. Yeah, and this one uh, you know, like I just watched Blue Movie and I watched Obsessions and Frank and Eva Frank and Eva was the one I couldn't think of the other one. So I, I'm kind of familiar with these Amsterdam movies. These are by all like the same like film uh, company and this is actually uh, directed by, what's the guy's name? I think he did Frank and Eva. Pim I'm going to look. I'm going to cheat. I'm sorry guys. I can't. Pim, D La para so yeah he was actually I think a South American uh, guy who moved to Amsterdam and started making movies but uh, he gives an introduction on this one right in the beginning of the movie and he talks a little bit about it and he ends it in the most perfect way this is a, uh, he says something like uh, this is a small movie from a small company and I'm a small man and it's just really cute and kind of like to introduce the film the movie uh, it, it, it's not so cute it is clever I mean I don't cute kind of has a connotation that is sweet sometimes but Cute really means clever. But it is clever, but it's not sweet. Um, This movie right here follows the story of Anton, and he goes to pick up Sandra, who's living in this kind of isolated house, kind of like in a farm area, and she's living with a bunch of young women and a uh, a, a man who's kind of isolated in this room. He immediately sleeps with one of the women, and he realizes that there's this highly sexual, weird kind of, um, I don't want to say like like weird relationships between all of them. Uh, There's a character of Albert who is kind of isolated in this uh, wall and under this red light, and he's like voyeuristically watching Uh, um, um, Olga and uh, Sandra always sleep with each other. And Sandra and Olga are always kind of like seducing people and manipulating people. And they're not good people. Uh, In the very beginning of this movie, someone is murdered um, by the two uh, kind of uh, manipulators. And they bring the body and they dump it in the water. But there's also another character called Pyatt who is kind of isolated even from them and lives in her own little farmhouse. And she's kind of not right in the head. And she starts to take the body and take things from the crime scene. And that complicates things because obviously police start to look for this guy who's missing. Uh, and that's, that kind of makes everything even more amplified. And uh, the sexual weird things going on with all the characters and the interactions with them. And you kind of realize this is headed for an intense kind of uh, thing where people are going to lose their lives and... Feelings are going to get hurt and lives are going to get destroyed. Um, Anton showed up to pick up Susan, who runs this kind of house, and she was a model. and He's supposed to take her back to the city, and that that kind of like right when he shows up, everything goes to hell. And the way that Susan and Olga uh, carry out the murder and the way they go about things, it seems that they have done bad things before. Maybe not a murder, maybe it kind of pushed to that limit. Uh, this this is a at times there's not much comedy in the movie. There's a lot of drama, but the character Pyatt is funny but also tragic. She um. She will come showing up wearing like items of the murdered person that starts to give hints to the other characters. And they look at her at first and she's out there in her weird kind of dress. And she's really kind of like almost an imposing figure with the sunglasses. And it's like kind of comedic at times, but then also a little haunting because they know where they got the freaking glasses. And you're like, ooh, this is going to go somewhere very weird. But uh, I I ended up really enjoying this one. It's highly sexualized. There's a lot of nudity. There's, you know, it's it's, it's about sex. A lot of the movie is about sex and relationships and things like that. And it's just weird that the two girls are so, like, they're basically villains of the movie. And what happens to them is just, just dessert. So I really enjoyed seeing that. But it's just it's a movie about relationships and about sex and about other things and uh you know boredom i guess in some people and isolation it's just an interesting movie to watch and it's really driven by its characters and none of them are particularly the most likable people but um they are interesting in a certain case and the only character i really like 100 percent sympathized with was julie and i felt bad for her in general because she seems to be the only one who actually is a great person all around or at least decent but it's just weird to have the guy it has a lot of these like tab booze like voyeurism and lesbianism and stuff especially probably for the time of the early 70s in amsterdam this is a movie that doesn't really hold back it shows everything uh full frontal male nudity female nudity it's all there and uh, the location they shoot it in this kind of isolated place is really cool as well especially where they expect the uh, anton guy to sleep he has to climb up these stairs this ladder and he's all the way up in the kind of high barn area and it's just i like seeing all that stuff too um there's a couple features on here there's three shorts uh of the movie. There's from the, from the director and filmmakers that did this company and stuff like that. And they, they seem semi-interesting. They didn't really catch my attention like the, this movie did. I think this was probably, this and Frank and Eva were probably my favorites of the four that were uh, I reviewed for them. I thought this one probably was the strongest. I thought it was probably the well most well put together. And it's kind of a shame because they made like one more movie after this and then their company went bankrupt. But I think it's, this one's definitely worth checking out. And especially for people that are like, you know, Blue Movie is more like a sexualized drama. This one is more of like a thriller um, kind of horror movie, but has uh, like the sex in it here as well. And You know, this is the kind of stuff that would only get made in the 70s or by independent filmmakers nowadays. So this is interesting. It's well acted. All the characters are interesting. Their interactions are interesting. You don't really know exactly what's going to happen. And by the end of it, you're very satisfied. It looks great. It sounds great. I'm going to have to edit the trailer a little bit to cut out some highly sexually explicit stuff so I don't get uh, in trouble. I'll probably just blank that scene out so you can hear it. But still, I would recommend checking this one out. This is my favorite uh, release that Cult Epic's put out in a while. I think it's a great movie. I think it's cool stuff. And um, you know, it will keep you very entertained throughout the whole movie.
4: Susan? 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 My Nachten met Susan, Olga, Albert, Julie, Piet and Sandra. My Nachten, Nachten, Nachten. <laughs> Mijn nachten met Susan, Susan, Susan. Susan. Mijn nachten met Susan, Olga, Olga, Olga. Mijn nachten met Susan, Olga, Albert, Albert. Susan, Olga, Albert, Julie, Julie, Julie. Julie.
1: Ah. 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 Ah.
4: Ah. Mijn nachten met Susan, Olga, Albert, Julie, Piet, Piet, Piet. Piet. Mijn nachten met Susan, Olga, Albert, Julie, Piet en Sandra, Sandra, Sandra. Sandra. Mijn <mys> My nachten met Pim en Wim, Pim en Wim, Pim en Wim. Een sex and psycho suspense mystery thriller.
0: Okay guys, the next one here is, you know, it's gonna be a quickie because I this is the first one I watched for the release um for the week, and it is Victor Crawley, the fourth in the hatchet series. You know, I I um I have like a love-hate relationship with Adam Green. Like I really love the first hatchet. I was I don't care for the second hatchet. I enjoy the third hatchet, so I was like I was putting off on watching the fourth one. I like digging the marrow. I, I was on and off with this podcast. So, you know, I put in Victor Crowley. I really wasn't expecting much. I had heard some mixed things about it. Um, and I had heard that this was the beginning of another trilogy. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what this is going to be. So right when it opens, I'm like, this is very Adam Green. This is very Adam Green making fun of, you know, the film industry and independent, filmmaker, not independent film industry and everything in general and fans and agents and things like that. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> this is already pretty funny. And, it, it, and Adam, you know, he wrote what he knew. And it shows, it's not like he's reaching and doing these things that he doesn't know. It's like, it's almost like he was afraid to slip back into that comfort zone. Cause I know he's made some uh, dramas and dark, like horror stuff, like frozen and stuff. And they seem to be well received. So I know he's tired of doing the same old thing with these hatchet movies, but at the same time, like it seemed like instead of, you know, I knew it felt like he didn't want to do one, but he embraced it and he made a really funny, entertaining movie. It's low budget. It looks a little cheaper than the other ones, but I never had a problem with cheapness. Um, they do with what they can. Uh, the special effects are entertaining and everybody's probably thinking, how the hell are they going to bring Victor Crawley back? Well, they're probably thinking, well, I already watched this movie six months ago, a year ago, buddy. Why are you talking about it? Cause I just saw it. Okay. But regardless, the way they bring Victor Crawley back, I was kind of happy with, I thought he looked a little different and unique. The plot of this one follows, uh, um, the actor who's in all the other ones and uh, lone survivor from hatchet three. And he's kind of going around on tour and, um, Basically making a living off his survival story that is completely made up of bullshit. His agent is played by Felissa Rose. She's hilarious in it. She's always falling asleep, always popping drugs, always being really loud and obnoxious and not listening to anything. So she's always booking him at places that are miserable, which plays into a couple of the gags in the movie about signing people's genitalia. You guys will know the gag if you see the unrated version. Uh, So there's that going on, and he is offered a ridiculous amount of money to go back to the uh, Victor Crawley Swamp and shoot a special there. At first, he doesn't want to go, but of course he agrees to go. Uh, His ex-wife is doing the whole thing. She's like the host of the show. They don't like each other. So they end up going all on this plane with the film crew. And of course, something happens where the plane crashes dead in the swamp. Meanwhile, these independent filmmakers are trying to make a Victor Crowley movie, hence making money off all these other people, uh, of other, all these this real true crime stuff, which kind of Adam Creed's making a statement of uh, people making money off the misery of others. You know, he's he's making a huge statement on that, and making fun of it, and making fun of people that do it. And I can appreciate that, you know, because I wasn't the biggest fans of stuff like Lords of Chaos or the new Ted Bundy movie. Not that I think they're poorly made movies or anything. It's just sometimes that stuff rubs me the wrong way. It's a really delicate thing to do. It's really hard to do. So he, he kind of pokes fun at that kind of stuff, which I thought was re- was fun. I, I, I appreciate that. So And there's jokes in here, of course, and gore of everything. So they're stranded in this plane. It turns into a siege movie where the characters are kind of, you know, trying to survive against Victor Crawley. Uh, Dave Sheridan's in this movie, and he steals the damn show. That is uh, Officer Doofy from Scary Movie. He also pops up in Devil's Rejects. This guy, watching him, every time I see him, he always is, uh, is good. He's entertaining, vastly underrated, especially as Doofy. And this movie, he is very charming, and he plays a douchebag at first, but he becomes the most endearing, lovable character throughout the whole movie. When he's first introduced, he's doing these really, <laughs> really bad impressions, probably stuff like I do as jokes. But he comes out doing a John Wayne. He's like, "How you doing there, Pilgrim?" And then he goes, in, you looking at me?" And it just does like a off like Robin De Niro, and he's like, it's, "You're talking to me?" He's like, "You looking at me?" And it's like, and it's just great and very funny. And, uh, and the movie is a little self indulging because it's doing a lot of stuff that Adam Green had done, but it's also doing fan service to the fans at the same time, which is almost the same thing in kind of these movies, to be honest. So we also have Tiffany Shepes popping up in here and some other familiar cameos, um, Adam Green and uh, Joe Lynch. So yeah, of course, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. I thought Kane Hodder was pretty intense in it. I, I would recommend checking it out for sure. Um I feel bad now, because I used to listen to Adam Green's podcast and Joe Lynch's podcast all the time, but I just got burnt out on it, because a lot of the same stories are repeated. Adam Green tells a lot of the same stories, and you're like, man, I feel like this is, you know, too self-indulgent, but at the same time, like, I'll see him do something like this, and see him in the special features, and be like, you know, he generally is a very sweet, nice guy at the same time, and this movie is really fun, and I'm looking forward to Victor Crawley, too, so uh, I liked it. I, I would recommend it. I think it's fun. It's not for everybody, but this one I I actually enjoyed and I usually, you know, I was really kind of, I I didn't expect much to be honest I heard some good things, heard some bad things and I didn't know what to expect, but I I really enjoyed it
2: Sue, get back to the boat, run run back to the boat right now, Sue what, what we're about to meet the only guy to ever see Victor Crowley and live to tell about it (laughs) They take us and a small camera crew and a host and they fly us in the private network jet. Okay, I've told you a thousand times, I'm never going back to that swamp. They
3: offered
1: 600,000. <laughs> uh, <gasps> uh,
2: apologies. We uh, had a minor issue with our right engine. Would you like Xanax, Ambien, Valium, Oxy? I've got heavier
1: stuff, if you want.
5: Hey, there's people out there! Thank God! Your plane has crashed. We're gonna get you all health.
1: That thing in the woods is death itself. It's coming for
2: all of us. Look, see? I don't even think it's a motion sensor. I think it's on a time He's
6: coming
5: back! Austin's dead.
6: Dude, I'm right here. Austin's alive.
1: Go to hell, you ugly bastard. We are so
2: dead. Hammer time. For all who are
3: willing to pay the price, we invite you to go through the
1: mirror of life.
0: All right, guys, it's Hammer time. Let's do it again, third time. That's not a hammer. You got it out of your system?
5: No. All it'll, right, it'll happen.
0: <laughs> it'll happen sporadically. Okay, we're here to do uh, Hammer time. I think week six. We got the last double feature for you. Again, two Terrence Fisher movies. This guy directed everything for Hammer for years. It feels like, at least for a three-four year period, um, and. The first one has Christopher Lee, and the second one has Peter Cushing. So, yes. Let's start with the first one, The Two Faces of Dr. Jekyll. This is on, It's on a Mill Creek double feature. Uh, 1959. I actually am a big fan of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story. by I think it's Robert Louis Stevens, actually. I remember the name this time off the top of my head. I think that's who wrote the original story. I like the story. I like the duality and the idea of having like this, what they call it, an id or ego, whatever the goddamn thing is. I always confuse the super id and the ego mixed up which yeah. one's which. But obviously, like, two identities, yin and yang, inside of a body. Uh, it's a typical Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde story. We have this older scientist who kind of runs away into work, very science-horror-oriented, and he's always obsessed with his work, and he's trying to create a serum. So I, what's he trying to actually cure at this point? Age?
5: No. What? Anger
0: or violence or something like yeah, that. He wants but, to isolate the violence, so.
5: Yeah, because in the beginning it opens up, he's like... At, Some like kids are visiting him, and I guess we're all mute. Yeah, and like one of the kids is like mean to the other for like no real apparent reason. And he wants to isolate. Even without woods, these be these animals find ways to harm themselves or some something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, that, that's kind of his idea, and he, he's always, like, going too far, obviously, like all these right. scientists do. So he's obviously working on the serum. It reminds me of, obviously, the man who could cheat death, very much so, because mm-hmm. that was kind of a, a Dr. Jekyll story. Yeah. So uh, the actor, he obviously has gets to play two roles here. But the, right. the, here's the difference, I think. Um, in this one, Dr. Jekyll has, like, a... It seems like seemingly younger wife who is not thrilled with him constantly staying in. She needs to be kind of entertained and she likes to go out. Mm -hmm. That's where Christopher Lee, uh, Dr. Jekyll's best friend, uh, enters. And he's kind of um, exploiting his kindness and getting money. They both are, Jekyll's wife and him. And they're taking advantage of him and then they'll go out and they're having a love affair.
5: Right. Yeah. He's kind of like a playboy kind of deal, street guy.
0: And this is probably one of the most interesting roles I've ever seen Lee play.
5: Yeah, I would agree, actually. He's
0: really great in this, and he's sleazy and um, highfalutin. I don't know what he is. He's, he's a drunk, but he's really witty, and he's also just a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, uh, Dr. Jekyll takes a serum. He comes out as Mr. Hyde Young, and he gets involved with, uh, is it Henry? Who's Henry? I think uh, that's uh, Christopher Lee's character, as Mr. Hyde as well. So he gets to know his wife and uh, Christopher Lee as Mr. Hyde
5: right yes i I wouldn't call this a a typical jekyll and hyde story um this is like it's like everybody in this movie lives like a double life so yeah um you have you have uh lee who is he's very like show-offy with his money but he doesn't have money
0: he acts like he has money he's a high roller but he's broke
5: yeah um, you have the wife obviously who who's
0: cheating on dr cheating, jekyll
5: right and then you have um dr, dr. Jekyll, jekyll who is a shut-in but he wants he ideally like he does just like not so he could catch his wife having an affair because he doesn't know but yeah. so he can actually go out with his wife like yeah. he feels kind of bad that he ignores her so he's like well, i'm just gonna be this new person and, that, that's kind
0: of interesting. Y- yeah. And the the performance by the guy who plays Dr. Jekyll, I actually don't know the actor, and if I have seen him, he didn't ring a bell. Um, when he's Dr. Jekyll, he has like a real baritone voice. Right. And then when he turns to Mr. Hyde, he's like this crazy, almost manic young person, younger-looking person. And in the book, it, it was like um, Dr. Jekyll was like an older man who was sophisticated, intelligent, kind- and in uh, when he took the serum, he became like a younger, stronger, hairier, more violent, primitive creature. Right. And it's, I don't know when Dr. Jekyll became this handsome person. I mean, Mr. Hyde did when he turned, but I don't ever remember that. Is this when it started? I, I don't think the Long Chaney Sr. one, I think he was a monster when he turned.
5: Well, I have only ever seen a Jekyll Hyde story where Hyde is a monster. I, I don't think I've ever seen like a handsome... Well,
0: nutty Professor's that story.
5: Oh, yeah, I guess not your professor is.
0: Dr. Heckle, Mr. Hype with uh, Oliver Reed is that story.
5: Is that Hammer too, or No, that, that's
0: no. Not, that's yeah. some later spoof. What's that's a, in the 80s. Or maybe early 80s, late 70s. Isn't there like
5: a Dr. Jekyll sister hype? Yeah,
0: that is Hammer coming up, and that's completely oh. different. That's oh, okay. definitely playing into more sexual stuff, and which Hammer becomes into more as they progress. Yeah. But this one, I thought it started out tremendous. I was really excited with Christopher Lee. And this is the first. It's a Hammer first, which I'm very excited for. The first of five, I believe, Hammer uh, horror-oriented movies that Oliver Reed appears in. Right, on. And he's very young, and he's kind of like a pimp almost. Mm-hmm. And, and it was really great seeing him. And he got the share a scene with Christopher Lee, which was probably the best part of the whole movie yes. for me, at least.
5: Oh, you know who also makes an appearance? Doctor Mortimer from uh, that show with the Doctor in it. <laughs> it wasn't Doctor. <laughs> <You get, laughs>
0: it wasn't Doctor Mortimer. It was the um, the drunken guy from the previous movie who uh, came in from the Hounds of Bask- Baskersville. Was he a doctor? And he drank all their booze and left. He comes... that's the...
5: he's, in, he's in. the next one. Oh, he's about. in the other one. Yeah, he's in. The... Oh, is... Mortimer does Mortimer, appear. Dr. This. Mortimer, he does. Yeah. He does. Doctor Mortimer appears from at the very
0: end as a police detective. Yes. He's from Baskerville and um, what else? Was the he? Mummy. Was it the Mummy? I think he is. He's in one of them. He's a cop in one and he's a doctor in the other. He's a cop right, in the he's other. He's a cop one. in this one. Oh, he's he the was... man who could cheat death. He pops up in that one as a doc as a cop at the very yeah, end. You're right. Mm-hmm. So this one he uh he's um he's a cop too, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he's a doctor, yeah. yeah. This is his last appearance in Hammer Horror, I believe, but he's he's doesn't get much to do no, in this. No, he one. doesn't. Um He shines I, in Baskerville.
5: Yeah, he that Baskerville and, and even the the one the man who cheats death, I think he's really good in. I just I don't for about the way he looks. He just he has like a good screen presence. Have you shown him in any of the clips? yet? No, no, he, I'm
0: sure he's popped up in the trailers. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these people know who he is. Yeah, the yeah, no, I've he seen him.
5: He's just hes a lot of fun, and so I, I, I got excited every time I, I got to see him.
0: I liked him, um, but he didn't stand out in this movie. Uh, Lee stands out. he does tremendous. I did uh, and there's something about Hyde, too, like once he gets something, after he has it, he doesn't really care. He has no um, conscience.
5: No, he doesn't.
0: And I'm not even really sure how this one exactly ends. It does, I'm not ringing a bell. If it's if it's got to be p- terrible for Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, that's how it always typically ends.
5: Do we, do we want to talk about the? Ending I, don't, I don't. I think
0: we should skip spoiling the ending completely. Okay. But
5: well, it, it, like essentially, once he realized, like he
0: he can't fight it, and it starts to take him over, yeah, like all the so, other so stories.
5: Hyde tries. He, he ends up like befriending Christopher Lee, um, to kind of like get to like. He wants Lee to leave his wife alone so he can be with his wife. Yes. So he, he tries to, like, essentially bribe him. He takes on, like, Lee's debt. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, I took on all your debt. No, leave no. my
0: or Leave, leave your uh, girlfriend alone, your yeah. mistress. your so mistress. That's going on there. And, uh, right. and some of the deaths that he has, are, are one was actually laugh out loud funny. What happens oh, to one but, of the... I literally... Yeah, okay. I don't spoil it. But, yeah. Um.
5: And when, but when that doesn't work, he, then he does the thing with the wife. He goes on to the wife. Yeah. And the wife is like, I, I can't. I love... And it's not her husband. Yeah, I love
0: Henry. Yeah. Ooh, I think it's Henry, right? No, Henry, I think it's in Baskerville. I, I can't think it's remember. That. These are starting to mix together, which I don't they know are. if it says anything about our poor brain, our poor reviewing skills, or just that these movies are very similar, and they all have very similar like themes and everything like that. I thought this one started off with a lot of promise, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it got a little weaker
5: towards the end. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a, a big fan of it, but I appreciate it. Um, I think Lee does an amazing job. Um, nice
0: to see Oliver Reed, too.
5: Uh, nice to see Oliver Reed. I thought the wife did really good, too. I She wasn't the same lady from The Mummy, was she?
0: I don't think so. I can't really recall uh, her in this one very yeah, well. I don't like don't I think... said, Lee stood out the most, and uh, Reed, because it's a favorite actor of mine.
5: Right. And for The Mummy, I think, was the lady in who, The Man Who Cheated Death. I think that was the same actor. Possibly, possibly. Um, so I don't know if we've seen this woman yet.
0: I'm not sure, yeah, I can't yeah. recall. Like I said, like literally yeah. when I try to think it's completely a blank right now. Right. Yeah. Like I said, it's it gets hard to keep up with everything you watch in a week. Sometimes oh, yeah. you watch ten titles in a week. But uh I know that unfortunately Two Faces of Dr. Jekyll is not in the Tear on Tape book, but it is in creature features. So, so
5: you do the honors. No, sir. You already found it out. I, I can't It's read. the second
0: one. Yeah, that's a beer stoop receipt.
5: <sighs> oh,
0: how many stars out of five? What's this called? Two Faces of Dr. Jekyll. Oh, okay.
5: 1961. We're already in the 60s. Okay, it gives you three out of five? Yeah. Four. Five. five. Okay. It gives 2001 Space Harder five. All right. <laughs> three stars out of five. Hammer pulls a switch on the overworked Robert Lewer-Stevenson split personality plot. Instead, uh, instead of a good-looking... Doc turning into an ugly brute, a not so handsome chap transmutes into a handsome playboy who falls for London's King King Girls. Directed by Terrence Fisher from a Wolf Mankiewicz script. Wolf Mankiewicz. Uh, Paul Massey, Don Adams, Christopher Lee, Oliver Reed. Strictly a game of hide and seek. Produced by. This is terribly written. Produced by Michael something and Anthony something.
0: It doesn't matter who produced yeah. it. I gave it about 3 2.
5: I, I'll probably give it two out of five. Yeah. Two out of five. What? Yeah, it just. That's brutal. It didn't catch me. Like.
0: I, I mean, I have no problems with it. That's why I'm going with the two out of a three out of five. Like I found it was decent and a little better than average. I thought that the sets were nice. I thought the acting was good, and I love seeing Lee. I'm not hard to please, though. You know that.
5: I'm hard to please. That's not true. I'm, but, I'm very easily pleased. Let's roll
0: the trailer on that one. Okay.
3: If you cannot bear to see a man change before your eyes, then shut them for just a few seconds, if you can. And listen for the shuddering sounds to end. They mark the evil transformation of Henry Jekyll to his monstrous other self, the cruel, depraved Edward Hyde. For God's sake, man, don't kill him. Let me alone, Jekyll.
1: Let me alone, Jekyll.
3: is the century-old horror classic, filmed as it has never been before, with a cast that takes the living shape of the characters that have enthralled billions of readers all over the world. This is Dr. Jekyll, one man with two faces and a mind split in two. Will we ever know who we really are? Who are you, kidding? Who are you? Dawn Adams as his shameless wife, unaware that her husband was two men, both of them watching her jealously. I don't deserve you, Kitty. You don't. I deserve you. I deserve nothing better than you. Christopher Lee as the lover who shared her deception and her danger. Here is the cold face of hate, and the hot face of passion. And the face of torment.
1: Where is Henry?
3: Believe me, your husband is here.
0: This next one is Brides of Dracula, the second in the uh, Hammer Dracula series.
5: That was a punch.
0: Okay. (laughs) Probably one of the punches that Peter Cushing throws in this movie. (laughs) A little bit stronger than his, though. But uh, regardless, Christopher Lee does not reprise his role as Count Dracula, but... Lee Matt um, Cushing comes back as Abraham Van Helsing. And this one, I think, is actually a vast improvement of the um, original Dracula. And I know a lot of people actually feel that way about this one. I'd seen it years ago, and I was like, I remember it being okay, about as good as the original. I'm horror Dracula. And then rewatching it, I was like, no, this is better. It's bigger. It, it just looks way better. It's well, more well-acted. It's more like structured, and it just has mm-hmm. its own unique plot as well. Now, this doesn't follow the story of Dracula, the Brides of Dracula. It's kind of... It, it has a, a really nice setup and actually oh. a little bit unique if you want to do it.
5: Yeah, the uh, the way that this opens, I mean it, it introduces you know a character like a whole ensemble cast, really. yeah just um, it's probably like at the 30 minute mark do we get uh, Cushing. Do we get Cushing in it? Like yeah. um, So it's a girl who's en route to a university to go teach. And she stays the night with this, uh... is she a Baroness?
0: Well, she's on her way to it, and like her uh, her the guy stage driving code stagecoach leaves. leaves her because he's paid off because there's a castle in the nearby distance. And all the villagers are super superstitious, very mm-hmm. similar to the Hammer Universal style where everybody's superstitious. They believe in these old relics and these old uh, tales because, obviously, there's vampirism happening in this village. Right. So this baroness comes down, and uh, at first, the townskeepers are telling her, the innkeepers telling her, we don't have any rooms. But when this baroness comes, they said we, we actually do have rooms because they're worried about what's going to happen to right. her. Right, they know.
5: I think Baroness is up to something. She's
0: up to something. I love the idea that it feels like Eurohore to the max. Like, where it's like, I'm somebody foreign coming to this country and I got to mm. get to my school. It's like a uh, Dario Gentu plot. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Or something like that. So almost immediately she 's like taken into this uh, castle, and it 's really strange, and this baroness is really weird and there 's a maid who's not right, and she mm-hmm. spots somebody in this isolated part of the castle that she can 't get to and she just uh, she figures out it's um the baroness's son, but obviously, you guys know there's something wrong with the baroness's son. Right. she lets him loose and brings on a plague on the on the town and the baroness's son is a vampire creating uh the brides of Dracula
5: right um the lady who plays the Baroness. <laughs> I loved her. I think that she... Um, I, I had this thing for just, like, really gaudy old women. I don't know why. Or
0: think they're, like, rich and high class. Yeah, yeah
5: like, they just make me happy. And, like, you know, like... The, this. I've never seen her before. Um, she looked kind of like B. Arthur.
0: She looked like B. Arthur makes, like, Cindy Sylvia from Beetlejuice. Uh,
5: yeah, and she just, um... I I don't, just the way that she her acting in this was just like phenomenal and like, like the small extra stuff she did like you pointed out like she was hiding her mouth at their at, at she's the so vain scene. what happens yeah. to her yeah
0: and uh, when Cushing has a uh, you know meets her and interacts with her that's a whole great scene and Cushing yes. actually like. He's pretty much developed as Van Helsing, and he's yeah. just like a super likable character. There's a great scene where he has to pair up. He's like a theology doctor and a doctor mm-hmm. of all sorts of studies. He's not actually like a. He's kind of a medical doctor, but not really.
5: He's a medical doctor for a time. Yeah,
0: but he pairs up with this medical doctor who's just like a charlton charlatan, and he's like always in it for the money, and he's just really
5: weird. Well, he's the drunk. He's the drunk. He's the. He's in um, both. Um, he's the bishop in or the priest in the count of Baskerville
0: it was in another one, too. And one of the Frankenstein's, I think. One of the Being drunk all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, this guy's really funny, and he uh, steals the show. His mm-hmm. interactions with everybody are, are, he's comic relief, but he also has some good interactions with Cushing yeah. as well. There's, like, a scene where he's always constantly taking all these barbiturates and, like, alcohol, and he's, like, trying to make himself healthy. And right. That is just, like, super ironic, because he's obviously not doing anything healthy, but he's telling everyone else how to be oh, healthy. Oh, yeah, he's, like,
5: listing out the symptoms of one, one of the sick people, and he's, like, and so he takes a thing and he little his van, so he takes another medicine. It's like what are you doing? There's
0: a really funny scene. We're telling all about this character where he like um does this whole mixture at the end mm-hmm. and then like puts his head over at the yeah. bowl to like huff it. So, and he tells the innkeeper not to let him loose, no matter what he says. And he literally has a freak out. He's like, Oh God, I'm dying. I'm dying. And she lets him out. And he's like, I told you, right. you have to <laughs> let me out. But, uh, that, that's really great. But this one has some good atmosphere, better than the first one, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that the look of the brides of Dracula is unique, especially right. the one, like it's the whole, like attacking of the school. Like I can't think of an earlier movie. I know there is probably a bunch where the monsters actually are attacking the school it feels very, very um Euro horror.
5: Yes. Um I think the the Maid.
0: Oh, she was great. She was she the Renfield was really type good. character. Yeah,
5: she was the Renfield type. She was um she I think They're familiar,
0: a, the human that yeah. takes care of the vampires when they slumber.
5: And she she, she really like made me think like maybe Andy Circus got his inspiration. Really, I don't know about her. that. I don't know. Where I I, getting I don't at. know, but there was just like the whole like near sides of her personality, and then like her like riding on the ground <laughs> when she
0: goes nuts. She's just pretty good. Like, yeah, she, she does she, like a one eighty. She's like sitting there digging up graves, right. uh, trying to curse right. the vampires to wake up early. It's fucking it, great. Or yeah. great. Yeah, and, um, uh, yeah, Cushing steals the show. The guy who plays the main vampire is really good in this mm-hmm. one too. He, he's solid, creepy. Baroness is good. Lots of good characters. Mm-hmm. Um,
5: Even the, uh, the, the, I don't want to call her the main character because she's not, but the, the teacher, the one that they open up with. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, the student teacher? Yeah. She's a really interesting she's character, great, too, yeah. and I actually like her. And uh, obviously there's some sort of love relationship with the vampire and her. I like mm-hmm. the people that run the school. Yeah, the one guy's oh, really green. great, yeah. especially that he's always like he like seems genuine. He can be an asshole, but he's a real human, mm-hmm. like it. You know, a, a realistic asshole that's not a horrible person. It's nice to see that in a movie.
5: Yeah.
0: Um. So I, I think it's great, actually. I think it's one of the better ones for sure.
5: I think this is one of the better ones that we've and seen. It's
0: the first time I sense le- lesbianism in a Hammer movie.
5: Yeah, it's because and it's not outright, but
0: it's... it is because the one vampire says, "Well, we can come and I can." Like you could be with me or something yeah. weird like that when she's trying to attack the girl. Well, I
5: mean, it, it's not for like scissoring on the screen. It's but, not but, like but a, it's jo- a, Gene, a John
0: Roland movie or yeah, something or like yeah. a, a Just Franco movie where exactly. they're just like, yeah. But it does get like that later
1: on. Oh, yeah. Like I said,
0: like mm-hmm. Dr. Jekyll's Sister Hyde has that whole weird duality with the sex is changing and like tons of like Sexuality and the weird twins and vampire circus mm-hmm. and the, the lesbianism and stuff. I remember one of the actors said, "Oh, I didn't notice any lesbianism in the movie." She was like,
3: "What? And, oh, okay,
0: okay. <laughs> um, I am maybe not on set, but yeah, this one is a, 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 a definitely an improvement." I, I watched the Universal disc, and I guess it's in the wrong. Pretty much that entire di- like set is in the wrong aspect ratio, from my understanding. I didn't notice. I thought it looked way better than a lot of the other ones we watched in H D. Yeah, this
5: one was it was really clear, like And
0: really crisp and, Yeah. And it didn't it had look like that fuzzy stuff. And it, and it didn't look like they um deleted all the noise or anything like that or the grain. Right. And then, yeah, it, it looked really good. I was really happy with how this one looks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole carriage rides through the woods is just so hammer, you know.
5: Yeah, but, and this one wasn't slow moving, I feel like. I feel like this one was fast paced. It was very, like this one is very set piece Like, this is the wood scene. This is the castle scene the school scene the... and
0: and they're using all the same sets too like they're, this yeah, is the barkeep scene
5: yeah and and but but like every scene is like like self-contained you could yeah. watch any one of these and be like just a, one scene and be satisfied with it's not like some of the other ones where they just take forever to get going or they end up going nowhere this one i thought was just you know just kept moving along and i thought it was really good
0: i think i'll coming in at a uh, eight out of ten
5: I'd say a solid four out of five. Four and a half out of five.
0: You give it a nine out of ten? Eight and a half out of ten.
5: Eight and a half out of ten. Seems more reasonable. A four and a quarter. Four and out a of quarter. Five. All right. Yeah. I guess I'll go first in the and tour book. Oh. How can you read the other one? Can't I can not ever read that one? You want to switch this time? Yeah, I want to switch. I don't like the font of this book.
0: Okay, let's switch.
5: Let me embarrass myself
0: on this one. You start then, Terran tour. That's out of four stars. You're reading Terran tour.
5: Well, what's this movie called? on tour?
0: No, that's the book. You're reading oh. Brides of Dracula.
5: Ah. Brides of Dracula. I, I got it
0: right there. Why are you wasting time?
5: I'm looking. Look, they show a picture from Come on,
0: them. just read it.
5: <laughs> he gives it four. No, three out of four. Three, and a half. three and... Right, that's a three. Oh, is it oh does a not filled in star mean uh, a half oh three and a half okay yeah 1960 85 minutes uh let's cast fisher's beautifully mounted sequel to horror of dracula but without dracula details the further exploits of the counts destroyer, dr van helsing Here he battles the foppish baron Meinster, who's rampaging through a girls' school after being innocently released from his silver chains by a young French teacher visiting his mother's chateau. A sumptuous production, rich in color and detail, this has top-flight action, or acting from a supercast, and boldly touches on elements of incest, lesbianism, homosexuality, and other or Therefore,
0: therefore, therefore, after or something. No, there's the four. for
5: sexual aspects of the vampire condition.
0: He's right. Like, it's funny, it's like yeah. everything we say, then they just say it. Like, I skimmed that one before, but that's exactly like a lot of the stuff they think. It's just like you can only say so much.
5: That's because we're geniuses. Uh, yeah,
0: it's because there's just so
5: much to say about movies. Like,
0: stop. All right, uh, the creature features book. It's uh three out of five. After a of Dracula, Christopher Lee refused to play the Cape Count for a few years, so David Peel assumed the role. Peter Cushing returns as Dr. Von Helsing, the exorcist of Transylvania. This excellent hammer film features silver chains, holy water, and a strangely formed cross, which repels the handsome Peel. Terence Fisher directed using heavy Freudian symbolism. Anthony Hines, producer. Jimmy Sangster co-wrote. It's weird because like um, the Freudian symbolism is where the split is. <laughs> so it's like right on the... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Freudian's there, but then it's a symbol. So I'm like, oh no, what's going on? Yeah, but three out of five. I think that's a little less on there. I, I think that three and a half out of four is probably where I'm at. Somewhere like there. But I said like eight out of ten. Yeah. That's good. I think it's probably one of the better ones so far. It'd rank in the top top tier.
5: I put it in the top five so so far.
0: Uh, Quatermass 2, Brides of Dracula, and Hounds. The Hounds.
5: The Hounds. I also like um, the band who thought it could cheat death. Do
0: you like that one. I, I probably would put of Curse it. of Frankenstein in there over that. Yeah. No?
5: What? That's yeah, okay.
0: All right. I guess we're good on the hammer. And next week, I think, is Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed. I think that's next week, isn't it?
5: Yeah, so Oliver Reed is next coming week? back. I think so, and, and we're we only down got one. To one.
0: Yes, thank God. Not that these are bad; it's just that it's a lot to watch it at this is. point, especially with the um, the because uh, we gotta watch these together, right. and it's also hard with the pick movies and the Patreon and everything's just like accumulating big time. But right. I guess we're gonna roll that beautiful Hammer trailer. <laughs> Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed those segments because I'm sure they're super long. At least the Hammer one came right there. Maybe that will do the metals of Thrall at the very end. But now I'm going to hop into the uh, Pick-A-Movie here, and this is by Kentucky Tater or something? I can't think. He always comments, funny guy. He's got the picture of Ralph Waite, or Ralph White, I he says his last name, as his a, a YouTube thing. Uh, but we got Man in the Wilderness. Uh, this one is made in 1971. It's by directed by uh, Richard Savarian, or Savarian. I never say his name right. He did uh, Vanishing Point. He pops up in the Songwriter movie and stuff like Bound. Good actor, good director. This uh, stars Richard Harris and John Huston, two acting legends, and it's based off the same source material or the same true story that The Revenant was based on. I like The Revenant. I thought it was pretty good. This one uh, is the same story. Like I said, Richard Harris is part of this group uh, they're basically collecting, you know, pelts. And John Houston uh, is bringing this boat with him, and and uh, he has they have to carry the boat through the wilderness. It's a really harsh, rough terrain. Of course, you know, it's the frontier. It's one of the most undiscovered places in the planet at the time. So uh, Richard Harris is attacked by a bear. He's ve- he's fatally injured, is what they think. And of course, they have the same storyline as the Revenant. They leave two people behind to take care of him. His son is not included in this, like the um, revenant version. So they leave two guys a young guy and an older guy to take care of him and uh, you know basically bury him when he dies. and say some last words over him. And John Houston says, you know, kill him if, and other, if you have to or whatever. And they leave and the other ones go forward. and of course these two guys end up and kind of like uh, Richard Harris is pulling through and you see flashes of his early childhood when he was in kind of like an orphanage. So he's a very hardened, kind of strange, unique, deep individual. And what happens is he's left there, and they leave him because they think Native Americans are going to attack, and he survives, and he pulls through, and it's basically his struggle to survival with flashes of his past life and his family, and he's trying to get back to them, and he just seems like he had a very tragic, sad life, and he has a lot of regrets where he should have been there. You know, you can think that somebody, uh, kind of, he lost somebody more recent, and he was, you know, a hardened sailor, and that plays into John Houston's character, who's his captain, who's also a hardened sailor, and they kind of, guess, are done with the sailing game and he had this is his last boat from his command and that stands so he's really attached to this boat so they have to drag this boat through the wilderness because you know the water has dried up because they waited too long and the winter's setting in and there's Native Americans ready to attack them for the pelts that they felt that are stolen so that kind of plays into it and there's uh, interactions with the Native American characters and Richard Harris always so briefly where the Native American character kind of understands who Richard Harris is and what happened to him to a certain extent and in a way respects him and that's kind of the setup in the story this movie but you know there there's some crazy things like where these two wolves are feeding on this buffalo and he comes in and he has to fight the wolves off to get a piece of meat and his they never underestimate the will for a man to survive or the will for a man to get revenge that's kind of what's going on here but it cuts in between John Houston and the other men who start to look at Richard Harris's character, or Zach Bass, as this almost supernatural entity that they left in the woods. And John Houston, in a great performance by the way, where he has this history with his character and that's kind of divulged. And he starts talking about Zach Bass was the only man that, and it's just like, and and it's really interesting stuff. And you start to learn a lot about the main character through how John Houston sees him and views him. And he's thinking about him as this specter coming for him through the woods. Uh, entertaining. I thought it was well shot. I mean. I mean, it's, it feels like it's shot right in the location. It feels like a hard shoot. Um, acting is good. Uh, all the stuff looks great. Everybody's dressed, I think, properly, even though I'm not an expert on that subject. And I like how it ends. You know, it doesn't end how exactly how you would ex- want it to end, but it feels right how Richard Harris's character is. I guess through his journey, he discovered more about himself and decided to, you know, some things are more important than other things, and this maybe is not important at this time. But there's a really good moment where uh, he, you see him killing, like, a cougar and all these other animals to survive. And- to eat. And he had a horrible injury, of course. He had a broken leg, and he was all scratched up and attacked by this bear. And he comes across this hurt rabbit. And you're like, oh, he's just easy pickings. He'll eat the rabbit. No, but he takes this rabbit, and he makes a little uh, leg um, uh, splint, and he starts to take care of it and like become attached to the rabbit. And it's like, I guess, a change of character, or maybe some sympathy, because he was so hurt. And he's just like, maybe if somebody would have helped me, it would have been better. I had a better chance of survival. But he takes uh, pity on this rabbit. But... Anyways, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a well-made movie. I thought it was well-shot. Richard Harris, you know, classic actor. And I love them talking about, you know, how they uh, fought an evil whale, which reminds me of Orca. And I believe John Houston Wasn't John Houston in a Moby Dick movie? Don't get me wrong. Don't I, I, I want to say he was, but, you know, John Houston's an actor slash director that I want to be more familiar with. I have some of his movies. I've seen him pop up in some movies like uh, Breakout and stuff like that, and this, of course, and he's tremendous, and he's always a presence, tentacles, but I believe he was involved with the Moby Dick movie. I know I sound like a novice idiot here, but I'm so. Sorry, and I know that Richard Harris was—he was an orca. You know, I'm more comfortable and more knowing of the 70s and 80s cinema, so it's it's nice to see him talk about a great evil whale because they both kind of—even though an orca is not technically a whale, but yeah, they call it a killer whale. I know it's a, a porpoise. Okay, you get the point. But regardless, entertaining movie, great stuff. Uh, really liked it. Um, Man in the Wilderness. I like these kind of frontier or western movies. I wouldn't call it a western. In frontier movies and western movies—they're kind of the same, but they're they're different at the same time. Uh, yeah, good stuff.
3: Richard Harris is the man in the wilderness. Here, somewhere north and west of the headwaters of the Missouri River, a scout from the Henry expedition was attacked by a bear. Captain Henry! After the bear, No one expected Zach Bass could stay alive more than a day. I want two men to stay behind and bury him. Dig his grave. Captain Henry wanted to bury him and forget him. But Zachary Bass would not stay buried and he would not let them forget. What the hell's so special about Zach Bass? Why can't you let go of him? Zach was a stowaway. he ran run off from an orphanage and sailed out to my ship in Boston Harbor. I liked his unfearing look and kept him on. He drew a circle like around himself. Nobody dared enter it. You do think he's alive, don't you, Captain? Yes, Fogarty, he's alive. I've known it all along.
4: What she Wachishaleh!
3: p Ways best. Is it fast? Well, is it fast? You go back to hell where you belong. <laughs>
0: Okay, let's get into the questions. What do we have here? I'm looking at this. Yep, that's 44 minutes. Nick Mua, do you enjoy film noir? If so, could you list your top three? I am kind of a, I'm really a novice on film noir, and I've gotten some to review, and I've enjoyed all of them. So I don't want to give a a list of film noir because I don't feel comfortable giving a list because I don't feel like I um, (laughs) could give you a real list that's worth it um what else do we have uh what's your favorite it's so bad good flick tons uh, tons and tons and tons of movies like that but uh maximum overdrive comes to mind i always love that one um that's good stuff how do you feel about blumhouse productions are there some rare gems among the slew of horror films or is it all just schlock you know what i haven't watched as many blumhouse movies as i should have but i didn't even think their halloween was bad so um i I don't think there's that there's not slot uh, it's not filled with schlock to be honest i think that there's actually some good stuff in there to be honest um, extra of the mutilator with all you showed here this might come as a bizarre question but those disney exclusive blues are the actual factory press discs? i assume they are because disney but since you showed them i figured i'd ask been curious they have a few i'd like to get myself thanks keep up the great work you know what let's open one and check it out together i think i'm gonna go with this one if i can get it open you know it's gonna be one of these deals where like it takes me 35 minutes to open and maybe i'll edit point here and i'm looking at it I hope I didn't put this one in tungsten and that one in daylight. Because there's a good chance I did, but I didn't change it. Maybe it just got accidentally changed somehow when I was doing all the settings. But I sure hope not. I think it's just the settings on the camera. I really do hope that I have one brighter than the other. And I am telling you all this stuff, and it's probably going to get cut anyways. So maybe I should go for a different one. Like, you know, like, I feel like I'm holding a choke in a fight too long. And if I keep going for it, I'm going to gas myself out. Alright, there we go. Once you get it going, it's good. I have one of those little cutter things, but I always misplace it. So I'm going to show you, because I don't know. There we go. Okay, let's see if it is a factory pressed disc. Looks pretty factory to me. Yeah, looks good to me. Looks factory pressed. Ooh! any of your music get rewarded for the movies you love they got rewards thing on there too so i uh, hope that answered your question i'm sorry to everyone else i had to sit through it so we have some answers here uh basically i asked next year what would you like the segment to be or next season because i'm doing the hammer whore season so um basically jonathan willem he makes a joke here first i will read it for you guys the terror of the mummy what about the daddy Yuck yuck yuck. I think for the next year you should do a segment where you review a different black exploitation movie each week. As you always, solid reviews for the goodness of Jeremy get a haircut, you slacker. Hey, just cause he's got one on the video doesn't mean I have to have one. Uh, Nick Moore, I enjoyed the way you reviewed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and its prequel. Maybe you could compare some classics and and the remakes, if they were good or laughably bad. You and Jeremy often seem to disagree about certain movies. The pair, you could defend your favorite films each week and try to give in to the other about the particular film's merit, place, in cinema history. Uh, I don't know if we like feel passionate enough to argue that much, but I do I do appreciate it, you know what I mean? Because he did not like Straw Dogs, and I, I think it's a good movie. Uh, Peter England um, For next season... Special segment, I would love to see you do reviews and reviews of James Bond from Dr. No to A License to Kill. So no Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. I love Craig's Bond. So Bond, Bond movies all year. Chris Rivers, for next year's series, how about Holiday horror? You could tie the films in you select for a review to the closest holiday. There would definitely be some interesting selections that I'd be curious to hear your opinion on. That sounds interesting ilk vomit after hammer time comes to its conclusion i'm all for you doing nothing but reviews on vinegar syndrome i really dig the company and what they do but a lot of the titles i just never heard of and i'm too skeptical to go in on a blind buy that is also a great suggestion and the one i really think i would lean towards uh and these ones oh Ken- Nader, kentucky cuckinator suggestion for next year's theme made for tv movies that's also interesting. And then we have some uh, stragglers from last week about having favorite heavy metal horror movie, which ties into the uh, Thralls of Metal video. Uh, Viper Rose, 1978. My metal pick would have to be Hard Rock Zombies, full of 80s cheese, and another film flicked in Canada. Another flick filmed in Canada. Another film flicked? A uh, flick flicked? Oh, Tongue Twister. Travis Wright, Black Roses, Keep Up the Good Work. And uh, Bumpus Hounds, favorite heavy metal whore, Black Roses. That's two for Black Roses, man. I need to revisit Black Roses. So I'm going to give you guys uh, the question of the week. And I'm going to ask you, in honor of the American Horror Project, what is your favorite regional horror film or exploitation film? Favorite regional horror or exploitation movie? So, boom, hit me with that. I'm really interested in checking some out. And uh, I guess we're going to hop into the update. Okay, let's get into this update. First up is a 4K release of Arizona. Um, this has Danny McBride and Luke Wilson and some other people. I think that Seth Rogen's in it. I'd heard about this from uh, Brian Sauer, I think. and Or is it Rob Galuzzo? Rob Galuzzo is the one who kept talking about this movie. Sounded interesting. It was a good price, so I ended up grabbing it. Um don't know much about it except that uh rob said it was pretty funny and dark and different so i don't know rob but i listen to him pop up in a lot of podcasts and i i I, you know i respect his opinion so i'm going to check that out then we got uh blu-ray here uh cold fish i believe this is a korean film this is an import i had the dvd heard good things about this movie i think uh 22 shots of moods and whore talked about it looks good uh interested serial killer film i believe And then we have uh, another one, Overlord, good price on this. I wanted the 4K, so I was holding off, but I couldn't pass up $10. Uh, I really wanted to check this one out, Nazi horror movie. Uh, Looks cool, looks entertaining. I like zombie movies. I like uh, Nazi horror movies, World War II movies. So, yeah, I'm ready to dig in. And then we got (laughs) Leprechaun Returns. Heard lots of good things about this one, surprisingly. You know, I I stopped watching after Leprechaun in the hood. I didn't even see the Leprechaun back to the hood. So I heard this is a direct sequel to the first one. And you know what? I'm willing to give that one a chance, especially it's directed by one of the guys who used to be involved with Astron 6. So yeah, Leprechaun Returns. Why the hell not? Good price too. Then we got Slaughter of the Innocents from Synapse Films. This has Scott Glenn in it. You know what? I've heard about this. I've seen this cover floating around for years, but I never saw this one. Good price. It was like 15 bucks for a Synapse release. I'm going to go for it. Then we got uh, Steelbook of Platoon. Uh, classic Oliver Stone movie. Uh, looking forward to checking out this new release. Heard the sound spectacular in it. Uh, classic movie, like I said. This one I watched so many times growing up. Always liked it. Great cast. Probably one of the best casts when it comes to a Vietnam movie. Then we got uh, The Vengeance of She. Uh, This is a Hammer movie. I'm not covered it in the Hammer stuff this year. I think it's less horror and less gothic thriller stuff. So I I avoided it. Um, This is a sequel to She. I've not seen this one. So yeah, check this one out as well, eventually. And then we got The... Um, We got a bunch of stuff falling, apparently. Then we got The Witches, which is another hammer horror movie. Does witchcraft exist today? I don't know. Hopefully the movie lets us know. But yeah, this looks cool. Got a good price on it. Couldn't pass it up. And last, but certainly not least, we got Peter Cushing in Frankenstein Created Woman. Uh, this is one of the Frankenstein uh, Hammer Horror Movies, so I'm interested in checking this one out. Yeah, I guess this is a collector's edition. But regardless, I'm going to be picking up all the Hammer Movies that uh, anybody's putting out. So, yeah, I guess we're going to hop back to the video. All right, I hope you enjoyed that update. I want to give a shout-out to a new patron, um, Michael um, Brisson. I want to make sure I says his last name right. Brison, Brizon, Brison. Brison. I probably mispronounced it one one time right there, but regardless, thank you for everything. Um, you left some kind words last time, then you decided to donate, and I'm interested in checking out the movie that you're gonna uh, you picked for me. Uh, it looks really weird and crazy, so it's like a collection of weird shorts. But I guess uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, stay around for the Thralls of Metal uh, interview slash review Deathgasm, and uh, kind of uh, this name is uh, her. Uh, <laughs> This is Spinal Tap, which is filled with spoilers, and it's lots of rants, and it's lots of jokes, so I hope you enjoy that kind of free-for-all style. But uh, thank you very much, guys, for watching, and as always, you guys have a good one. Yeah. Hey, guys, what's up? I got some, uh, I guess, new people that are going to be on Screaming Toilet and whatnot. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves?
6: Well, um, I'm Necrotic Nick, and Shred Lauren from the Thrall's of Metal page on YouTube. We're a music review site. We also do fucking stupid games and shit involving metal, um, going down lists of favorite albums, yada, yada, yada. Lots of just fun metal oriented stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We like to basically take our passion and bring it to the YouTube channels and give our stupid yet informative <laughs> opinions on the matter. Juvenile humor included. Always juvenile Always. humor. Always. I've known Joe for, like, I don't know, how long? 20 years? 20. 20 years. 20 20 Uh, years, baby. Yeah,
0: so he's, like, one of my best friends, and I was thinking, I was like, well... Screaming Toilet is supposed to have all sorts of stuff on there. I thought Joe had a channel. I was like, that's perfect. So you guys go sub. There will be links below. Right now we're just going to talk about you know their influences, a little bit about metal and stuff. They'll do that. And then we're going to hop in a couple of reviews, uh, heavy metal horror movies or heavy metal oriented movies. And then we're just going to bullshit about random heavy metal movies and rock and roll movies or whatever the hell. So I guess I'll let you guys take it and just talk a little bit about your influences in music. Because when I was listening to you guys earlier... And you guys were like, and this song and this album and this. I heard some of the names, I'm like, Steve Vai, I know who that is. But then sure. like, it got to certain points, I'm like, do I sound like this to regular people when I'm talking about movies? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, the cinematography
6: is great. And I was Probably. just like I, sound like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> like, they sound smart, but I couldn't really back up their facts. not. I... Oh. When it comes down to metal, it is difficult for me to rein in the fanboy. <laughs> it's just Bring it down. Like, oh, I like Megadeth. Like, <gasps> I want really? to talk about every other band that might be closely related to that and then throw in some underground shit <laughs> because that's me. But uh, I've been a metalhead since high school, which was a long time ago. Uh, and yeah it just—it was a music that just kind of spoke to my pissed off teenager bullshit yeah. like jamming Pantera for the first time I was like yeah this guy sounds as angry as I am and he's I'm mad gonna, as hell I'm gonna kick this wall for no reason <laughs> and then you know maybe my that's how Kyles mama. were born oh, the first goodness. drywall
2: punch of a Kyle
6: well, I was kicking it but I oh, probably did yeah. punch it I don't know I was a pissed off kid. <laughs> but yeah it was just something I got into like it, it just naturally echoed with all of my rage and it kind of worked as a fun sort of catharsis in a way you know but it, it was more constructive than just being a shitty teenager all the time which was still most of the time but you know dealt it down a bit
2: for me it all started with uh playing music i got into guitar playing as you know at a very young age so i started listening to certain guitar players like randy rhodes Ozzy osborne and guns and roses and that kind of stuff so it, it first started with like even though the 80s are a cheesy time. They're still fun. They're still fun. It's very fun. Love in nostalgia, 80s. it's fun. And also, some of the best guitar players you will ever hear are in the 80s. Even though they were probably like, you know what? I could go one of two ways. I could be either really talented and be a hometown hero, or I can just suck it up, write some love ballad songs, and go on tour and make millions. So that's what most of them do. That's what everybody does. But,
6: yeah. you know what? Yeah. You forgot to douse yourself in Aquanet, though.
2: Yeah. A lot of Aquanet was used. A lot of, a lot of <laughs> teased hair. But... That's kinda was my introduction and then I got into heavier stuff like Death and Megadeth and Slayer and Pantera, Sepultura a little bit. I wasn't as big into Sepultura as the rest of you guys were well, but, Sepultura was a big deal. You know, right? And that's what kinda led me down that dark path, of, you know, <laughs> big love affair in high school with typo negative. I, you know, Peter Steele. He's sad, but he's still big and a badass, and I loved him. So, you know, all that kind of stuff, with man. Feelings. Yeah, and uh For me, it was more or less, I know you like a lot of the heavier, like even grindcore stuff. That's not really my style. I listen to the metal that has a little bit more technical proficiency, like the musicianship's higher, uh, just because that's what I... Like listening to for the most part, so you're more so.
0: of like a less lyrical guy, more of like the music, I know stuff. Like yeah, that. yeah. I get. I remember
2: all the guitar solos you showed me. yeah, Steve yeah! Up, Joe Satriani. He I used to make this that. guy listen to stuff. He'd be like, I don't give a shit. He but was I'm nice gonna... enough to act like he cares, but he bad, didn't though. give a shit. It wasn't bad, it's <laughs> right? Like right, stuff. but it was like an acquired taste. Like yeah. the first time you eat sushi, you're like, I have no
0: judgment on this. Yeah. I can't tell if it's bad or good. I don't know shit. And <laughs> then after you eat it more and more, you're like, It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's like. Acquired taste with yeah. music and you, movies and yeah, everything. You need that when baseline
6: we, reading.
2: Yeah. When we used to think good sushi was Kroger's sushi, that it, it was better, better than all. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is toxic waste. I swear. It was still bad. I think Jeremy took it back. <laughs> <laughs> it <was> like,
3: <laughs> you want
2: this? Run this. Yeah, back. I can't. I can't eat this. Run this <laughs> back.
0: <laughs> no, but is there like I would have, you know you're talking about like extreme horror movies, or just watching horror movies in general. You start to go down a rabbit hole, and you start to get the independent stuff because you've seen yeah. all the big stuff. And then you hit, like, certain, like, I'd say, like, the staple movie that when you hit to extreme stuff, like, and it never is the same as Cannibal Holocaust as far as movies are concerned. So what is there an equivalent to music in that? Like,
6: heavy metal? Um, I mean, I'm, it's kind of hard to say. Like, I always say grindcore is one of the most extreme forms of metal. I would, period. Yeah, it's the, sh- the songs rarely go over a minute and a half, maybe two and yeah. a half minutes at the longest. It's a combination of extreme metal and hardcore punk. It's Political. It's also gore-oriented too, and it is just fast and abrasive. The guitar tone is ridiculously heavy. This is like popularized by bands it like Napalm. Yeah, yeah it sounds like depth. a chainsaw. And you also get into like gore grind and porno grind, which go way off the fucking rails. Jeez. Oh yeah, there's there's it's 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 just way out there, and I just love it's, it's the single most violent musical outburst you can find in a short condensed amount of time. Like their albums. Most grindcore albums will have like 20, 25 tracks on them, and but they're all like a minute. Yeah, you know, just yeah. yeah. ripping through, and they just hate you with every yeah. single fucking song. It's like but a violent orgasm or something. <laughs> <there> <laughs> like a multiple, violin. multiple violent <laughs> orgasm.
2: That might be a song title on, <laughs> on one of them, or there. a band. Yeah, or it could be a violent orgasm. If you don't have a band name and you use violent, <laughs> we want God, damn ten it. cents per every
6: dollar you make. I mean, and a song named after each of us. I mean, yeah. Cannibal Corpse already had I Come Blood, so, I mean, that's, that's I'm pretty sure it's, it's a romantic scenario. title. It is. So. It is actually a love song. So our entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt, that's a, also a sweet one. But if you come
2: blood, go to the doctor.
6: Yeah, definitely. Immediately. Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't second guess that. I feel like that's the that's...
2: aftermath of taking that. You remember in the Viagra commercials back in the day, they're like, if you have an erection lasting longer than four <laughs> hours, that's probably at the point where you start ejaculating blood. I, I think oh. it's actually just syphilis. Oh I bad. think you actually. Oh, I mean, you got syphilis, bro. That's not good. I cool. wish there was a. So I
6: fun tell of people now, hmm? or later. <laughs> I wish there was a more fun. <laughs> not more like the clap. Yeah, shut so so them a nice Hallmark card, like surprise you have <laughs> syphilis. syphilis. Also, is it your birthday? This is a birthday card, my bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm doubling up. I'm saving. I'm helping the environment. Yeah. If, it, if it's not your birthday, just save this until it's your birthday and you have a birthday card, too. Sorry. I Here's $5. Sentence. It's Canadian. So. <laughs> five loonies. Five.
2: Here's five loonies. Here's five it. Confederate dollars my dad gave me 10 years ago as a present. It was in his safe when he died. Here you go. It's no use to me.
0: But uh, I guess you guys want to talk a little bit about. Uh, the t- did you watch the movies
6: too? I've actually seen uh, Deathgasm. I figured before, and I, as soon as it came to Netflix, in fact, I watched it because, like, all right, this is when I heard I about knew it. it. And like, all right, metal and horror movies occasionally in the past, have been. Overly campy, but not like that. Good way, like yeah. it, it, they catered more towards like glam metal and such. Yeah. Like they asked a focus group, say, like, "All right, well, what's metal? Like, well, that Poison band is awful heavy, and well, Winger, I don't know about them. This one catered more towards like the rabid metal part, heads yeah. that like the more they were a black out. metal band. Yeah, they made a black metal music video, yeah,
0: corpse paint and no. all." We're going to talk a little bit about Deathgasm, which came out in 2015. It's actually a New Zealand film. I yep. don't know if you guys knew that, but yep. uh, yeah, this this one I saw when it came out, and I immediately thought of my friend Joe because Joe growing up, and I made him watch all sorts of horror movies. I remember Joe was over like 12 12 years old, like getting sick from Meet the Feebles because he came from a <laughs> normal family and I came from the obsessed. Oh, but it worked or, me. So, it just yeah. took a it took some no, it's you know a some disgusting kind of, movie. Yeah, it <laughs> it's terribly gross.
2: I'm I like this is gross. I still think about the item. I, you know oh, what I, I talked, I talked about that movie in an earlier video we did, like in an earlier podcast, long time ago. They're like, "Things you may that have fucked you of, up." I'm
6: like, "The item <laughs> fucked me up, dude." <laughs> well, you so, may have sort of seen to me, too. The, well, he, the, the heavy
0: guy <laughs> and the guy with cancer in that movie are just like two characters that they just
2: like. Every day, you feel terrible yeah, for the whole movie. Yeah. You're just
0: stuck in a bad place. But uh, yeah, this movie, <laughs> I, I just wanted Joe to check it out, and I didn't actually. I had to. I rewatched it. And I really loved it the first time. This time I'm coming around. I didn't love it as much, but I still enjoyed the hell out of it.
2: What did you think? I you thought it, was, like it. I loved it. I thought it was very campy. At times, it reminded me of uh, Evil Dead styles. was yeah, like the zombies definitely. and stuff.
6: This was definitely like their tribute to like Peter Jackson's original. Trilogy. No doubt. That's that's. Like, I don't think I New mean, Zealand when no. they make a horror movie, I don't think <laughs> they can get away from Peter. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Dead Alive is up there with like my favorite oh, horror yeah. comedy. Is like it is fantastic. Bad Taste is right up there with just weirdness. Oh, I love I love Peter Jackson. Um, yeah. But yeah, it definitely plays on that. But I mean, I thought they did the metal aspect really well the music was solid the soundtrack was really good actually yeah. i think it features a band from ohio a band called midnight which That's is a awesome. one man black and roll band what's a black and roll band combination of like motorhead and then black metal oh, okay. like so it's it's still very much kind of evil sounding but there's like kind of more rock and roll riffs like this dude wears like a fucking sock or something over his head like a black sock Sets his bass on fire and shit and fucking plays. And then, like, all the pictures are with, like, fucking naked chicks covered in blood. Which, of it's, course, you had to have. That was yeah. that was
2: the two cheese mo the super cheese moments, like, in the beginning when he's, like, playing yeah. the guitar. And all the chicks are, like, naked and he uses his eyes to show her tits. And yeah, then, yeah. you know. Or then when, uh, when the girl listens to the metal CD yeah, game the for the first thing. time, she's like... Oh, I thought that was pretty. That similar. was definitely like straight ripped from an album. Cover. <laughs>
0: yeah. But uh, this movie's—I think the monsters look is definitely from like Lumberto Baba's demons. Straight up demons. Like they're—they're they're very inspired by demons with the claws and everything like yeah, that. Yeah. Like more pronounced features yeah. in the face. Except they didn't—they didn't have the glowing eyes. Yeah. I, I thought the effects were the practical stuff was really great. But rewatching it, the CGI stuck out more to me. And I was like, and they always threw it in when it wasn't needed. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, that scene was. good. Oh, why did they just throw blood spl- <laughs> CGI blood splatter for no reason afterwards? Like in
2: post, it just. It really made me hate his cousin. When his cousin... Got, when he got killed, when he killed his cousin, that was one of my favorite parts. Me too. me too. Yeah, because I you hated like, that guy. guy. It's like, the end of the world. Yeah,
0: I'm alright with this one. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, Absolutely. like, it's one thing if he was, like, your cousin that beat you up occasionally. But your yep. cousin that literally, like, almost put you in a the hospital then wrecked your room. One or yeah. the other at a time. But both... Screw that. No, screw that guy. Yeah, he's
2: th- like, No, he was he, he came in the front door mumbling something about Satan or oh, something. Spoilers
0: <laughs> by the way, guys, because we're gonna spoil This movie came <laughs> out like four years ago. Like, yeah, like I remember my friend while I was watching that and he hates this movie. And he was like, Oh, I painted that part. And I was like it fit with the tone of the movie. Who it, was? It, it? was one of my... It's Dustin. Oh. Didn't care for that. Oh, okay. But I was like, it fits with the tone of the movie. Yeah, like, absolutely. The tone has that going on in it. It's oh, not yeah. like it was out of tone. The whole tone yeah. is kind
2: of like that.
1: The
0: high school stuff was a little bit cheesy and shaky for me. It like, definitely was.
2: But I like... Going back to the black metal stuff, I even like the fact that like they, they kept it pretty authentic. Yes. Right? Like, the lifestyle culture seemed pretty pretty authentic to black metal. Yeah. Even using, you know, going to, It's not that going that far, but, like, using a BC Rich, that yeah. style of guitar he had is very appropriate for the style. Like, the, the little things seemed very cool and very appropriate. It made it a little bit more authentic for
6: me. The whole conversation in the record store where uh, the two characters had brought yeah. you too. That's, that's pretty much how yeah. metal had to That's how movie too. fans yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, like Wasteland, yeah. they'd be picking stuff like, up. That's a good one. That's I'm a like, good one. Yeah, this one's good, too. But occasionally <laughs> you're one of the guys like... That's weak, I man. You gotta get this one. Like, yeah, like, all right, man. I'll check it out. Why well, you gotta be a dick about this album? Though. Yeah, there is there's always somebody that's like.
0: Every time you talk to somebody that's like a mutual fan, and they always try to like act like they're like superior, you know, like the elitist just, attitude. Like, oh. And then like later, you come to find out they don't know more shit than you. They no. just are insecure and they fucking pathetic. Oh, yeah. like, nobody's seen or listened to everything. You can't hear yeah, it all. And when somebody's like, "Can I try?" Don't you don't you hate when you're talking to somebody and you're like you like have you seen this one? You're like no, I haven't seen that one. And then I'm like, you can't see them all. I'm like, yeah, you can. and it's like, if you tell me you think you can see them all or listen to it all, I know you haven't
2: seen shit because it's like knowledge. Once <laughs> you, you open a door can. to one thing, a hundred more doors. I could probably yep. give them thirty movies they've never seen before. Exactly. Oh really? I just,
0: I just don't care about their opinion enough to talk to them for that long. <laughs> yeah. I just
6: don't yeah.
5: give <laughs> a fuck. I just don't give a fuck. It's like
2: if
6: you're wearing out, you're welcome. But I'm just gonna keep nodding. But. Yeah. Yep. You do all you, right. man. All right. Yeah, yeah just Fantastic. give me my just give me my money. Change. Forget, forget all you yeah. little bastards. But yeah, <laughs> I really dug
2: that movie, man. It was it, it was, was it super fun. cool. It's a fun one. I'd watch it again. Oh yeah. Um, will it compete with the greatest movie of all time, Rock and Roll Nightmare? I oh don't my know. god! Dude, I, I don't know.
6: I knew you were going to bring that one up. It's the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> we'll talk about and that right you now. only
2: <laughs> have yourself to thank for my love of that movie. <laughs> we watched
1: that. John.
0: I didn't.
2: I don't know if I had seen that
0: before. I I, sh- I think I might have watched that before, but I put it in and we watched <coughs> it in Blakeman and we would just die Rock and roll nightmare. That's some... on a bedroom of twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I like Canadian. the uh, the lead in this movie too. Canadian, yes, that's yeah. Bro, <laughs> the guy who played Brody. Yeah, he's good. He's also in a movie called Blood Punch, which is okay. like Groundhog's Day, and it has murder in it. Oh, It's okay. really fun. And also, okay. I guess, was in Power Rangers, but I didn't. I, that's just years ago. I looked at his IMDb because I was like, Power he's in Death. He's the first a, one. No, no like, like like later. Later. Oh, okay. like yeah. one of like one of the million renditions of Power Rangers that me and. You guys would have no business watching unless you're a weirdo. Sorry, people who watch Power Rangers when you're a grown man and you don't got kids. No, no, no offense. No.
2: Oh, when we were kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I said. haven't watched Power Rangers in but a hundred years. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but don't <laughs> <some> you touch me! Some guys like so,
1: so. unsubscribe, <laughs> <laughs> unfollow, unfollow. He's like
2: report. Fuck this. <laughs> hey, like,
6: this guy's stupid. <clears throat> he's probably watching it in the power. Room. Ranger's uniform right now. Like. <laughs> the stuff's still cool, all right. He's like Megazord!
2: Why isn't it working? God damn it! I didn't put batteries.
6: My, my power brain. coin is
3: out.
2: Oh, <laughs> mom, give me some batteries.
0: <laughs> but, but regardless, I, I thought it was a pretty fun movie, and I, I didn't know shit about the soundtrack or anything. But I yeah. can tell, like, they were naming some like bands that, like, oh yeah, I've heard of them and stuff. And you I like the, the lead in it. The gore's good in it. It has a fun overall feel. The only thing that really bothered me in that movie is, like, the four main characters, they seem to have, like, a good bond with each other, and then at the very end, the two characters that have been with them the whole time, they killed them really unceremoniously, where yeah. like, it wasn't yeah. impactful enough. It's like, yeah, that should have been a scene where it's like, no, goddamn, slow yeah, it down, and yeah. have some emotion. It's like, now it's just like, it looked like they ran out of fucking money. Yeah, they,
2: it, lo- it looked a little rushed at the end, for yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: But, uh, I what would you guys come in right now? I'm, at like, at a
6: 7.25 out of 10 or something. I'll do 10. Um... I'd mm-hmm. probably i probably give it a solid seven. Yeah. And mostly I mean like I, you know, being a metalhead I love the soundtrack and the overall feel of it. Some parts were campy, but it, it felt like the appropriate campy. Like, yeah. like alright, this yeah. is cheesy in a way I like. And I'd definitely watch it again. And if they decide to do another one because they kinda left it open there, yeah. I'm down. I'm hundred percent down. How is it to be dead? Oh
2: it's sweet. Yeah, no, I love that <laughs> I love that thing at the end. I'd say seven and a half. I enjoyed it. It was we're my first time same. watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Around a seven. In the 7s. I, I rarely give 10s. You shouldn't I, give 10s.
0: I'm so... Bo- like, I'm terrible, too. Like, I'll watch an old classic movie for the first time, and I'll, sometimes I'll give it a 10. But most of the time, if it's a first-time watch, never a 10. And most yeah. of the time, if it's a new movie, I just don't have the same attachment to it. We,
2: we try not to. I don't uh, think we've uh, ever given a perfect score so far. Well, I, I have given like... one
6: for Devin Townsend's last set. That was my only five-star okay. rating. But, I mean, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff out there. And, and, like, getting that perfect score, I mean, you got to hit everything... Perfectly and you can just, yeah. you can pick out minute details that uh, I didn't like you know in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Like a perfect season. album boils down to preference, right? Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, you can always be so good. Yeah. It's a yeah. tireless
0: Some of it's objective, some subjective. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like some some people are just objectively bad. Some people might yeah. like it, but there's no arguing that it's bad. Yeah, art. like I mean it's art, yeah, right? Yeah, like Herschel Gordon Lewis, a lot of those movies are objectively bad. Like they're <laughs> shit. But
6: sometimes people like it. Ben Affleck like movies. No. <laughs> Pearl Harbor was excellent. <laughs> Shut no, your no mouth. No one has ever said that aloud until now, I think. I'm trying to
0: think. I, I don't know if I ever really hate Ben Affleck or ever really like Ben Affleck. He's just okay. He's yeah. been there. But yeah, the no, no problem. It
6: just drives me nuts. It's like, dude, like, him writing his lines is like him writing a menu at Denny's. Like, yeah. like you delivered it with the same level of... <laughs> then you've I never care. heard me deliver <laughs> order <of our> at Denny's. <laughs> I will have the <laughs> moons
1: over my hammy!
0: Mike. Please. Chicken finger dinner. Side of pancakes. <laughs> How about them season prize? And, and the apple pie, but bring out the apple pie with the rest of the food. There you go. Because this mother motherfucker doesn't take any home <laughs>
2: <laughs> leftovers for the kids. I mean, you'd you conquer the meal. Oh, I I don't I think he may be able to eat more than both of us. Not to not the same time. Not the <laughs> same time. No, 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 not collectively. <laughs> no, collect, no, indiv-
6: individually? I think so. I feel like you're throwing out a gauntlet. I mean, we are really? you like, we're getting chicken wings after I've, this. I've already gone I've
2: already this route with him. When we were kids, we went to Hooters, and I tried to out-eat him, and it ended with me puking. <laughs> because I couldn't. <laughs> and, like, 35 wings. I'm like, I can't do it. Me and Joe are too competitive. Sure. Over stupid shit only, though, too. <laughs> I was like, that's a tap-out. You lost. Oh, I, I said no. I mean, I, I gracefully bowed out, and I think he ate, like, 50 fucking Hooters. I was 55 oh, at once at Hooters. Yeah, and Hooter sucks, so. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It was
6: all about the glory. I mean, everyone, <laughs> yeah, there, everyone, there was no. It goes there for the wings, okay? God. Yeah, it's. Totally the wings. Well, totally the wings. Totally the wings, 100%. 100%. Uh, you know what? We've battled. Let's roll that trailer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
5: know that evil
0: heavy metal that your parents hate you listening to? <laughs> <laughs>
5: Those lyrics about hell, demons, and doom. What if I told you it's all real? I know. I was there.
2: Jesus! It's piss.
0: That's me, Brody. My friends are losers. So we started
1: a band.
2: This is Todd. Check it out. Ricky Daggers.
1: Is he dead?
5: Wouldn't it be crazy if the music had something to do with demons? Demons. translated those pages now people are turning crazy like possessed crazy
2: what's up that was pretty cool as is I mean the (laughs) axe
5: You know, I'm not even sure I'm in the right tuning. Brother to <laughs>
1: Alright,
0: this is the one uh, I, I decided, because we do. I always do that disc for that, and the Joe always wanted me to watch this as Spinal Tap. Always. It's a cult movie, everybody's talked about this movie, so I was like, yeah, it's it's one of those like kind of guilty things that I've never seen, and I knew it was a mockumentary, I knew a lot about it, Rob Reiner obviously directed it, and those guys went on to do Best in Show and a bunch of other mockumentaries, and uh, watching it, I was like, of course this is, I knew it was going to be genius, and it's loaded with a bunch <laughs> of character actors and bit roles, but it's also like, almost feels
2: pretty authentic at times, too. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, some of these bands were doing shit like that. I'll,
0: I'll let them take it away, because they obviously are experts on metal and this kind of music scene more than me. But and I do regardless. want to come
2: back to you and get your opinion, though, yeah, because... it's great. Like Dave said, I had literally begged him. He, of course, never had the time, because he has 10,000 other fucking movies to watch, but, you know... I, I was really bad about watching movies in people ask me to. I was always <laughs> about it. Like, teachers back in high school would be, like, me the movies, and I'm like, eh, I don't yeah, want to watch Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just put it to the side. They're like, oh, did you watch your movie? Yeah, I'll bring it back. They, and they, it's they, like good movies, be like Shawshank Redemption. I'm like, I'll watch it later. I don't have time for this shit. I no, gotta watch, I
0: watch Hellraiser three <coughs> again.
2: Hellraiser man, pinhead's never bad. But anyway, <laughs> going man, that's going a back. lie, you know it.
6: Well, yeah, yeah. Herbert Stands in that movie.
2: Oh, that's right. Another, uh, you know, uh, bigger,
6: well, coming on What now. Hellraiser three? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: Motorhead, that's a song. I think, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Hellred, the Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Song, it's a great Hellraiser. fucking song. Actually, oh.
2: little known fact if you want to know the truth mm-hmm. Lemmy wrote that song, released his version, then Ozzy later on released his own version of that song. So, so that
0: was Hellraiser 3. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Sp- Spinal Test. And the music right. video is awesome
2: because Lemmy's fucking playing cards with Pinhead and, you know, he beats him. He beats Pinhead because fucking Lemmy well, is Lemmy. Live, is Lemmy. There's no euchre bad. in hell. <laughs> that's what you think. Why don't you tell
6: me if there's are cheaper in hell? <laughs> Only five-card stud ahead the game. You're not a patriot unless you play five-card stud. Twos and threes are wild. <laughs> Reach in my pocket, I got a surprise.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: all
2: right. You want to get out, Spinal Tap? <laughs> yeah. So the amazing thing about Spinal Tap, obviously, is it follows around the greatest band of all time, arguably, and to their misadventures uh, during the 70s. Uh, the great thing about this movie to me is the fact that they poke fun at the lifestyle and all the life of excess stuff that uh, rock stars of the '70s and '80s were uh, known for. You Chaminism. know, yeah, he, you know, and all the crazy symbolism and stuff. You know, tried to make everything look evil. Of course, movies do the same thing, but things from the Stonehenge fuck up, <laughs> it, which is amazing. <laughs> Uh, to where Harry Shearer gets caught in, in the, the uh, in the pod, and he's like, you know, the guys. Yeah. <laughs> Pops out at the end, and everyone's
6: going. Right around. has oh, oh,
0: got a, it's got a great cast. Like, it, Michael McKean was an SNL yeah, regular. Christopher Guest, Christopher Guest, yeah. and then of course Harry Shearer Shear. from The Simpsons. Dude, yeah. And then the cameos were great too. Yep. Like, Billy Crystal. Billy I didn't Crystal. even recognize Billy Crystal in yeah. yeah. that first. Young treasure. Treasure. Uh, <laughs> Bruno Kirby. Yep, oh, he yeah. was great in the cabin and he did the whole thing like he's Sinatra, and they started talking, with they just roll up the window.
2: These guys, they got no respect. I love Bruno Kirby. The whole uh, mysterious thing about all their drummers. Yep. Rest, rest in peace, Stumpy Joe. <laughs> it was like an of them, right? Yeah. Was good accent. we were an unfortunate. Doing yeah. Yeah. an unfortunate gardening act. The herpy gag. The herpy gag with
6: <laughs> A friend Drescher. Oh, yeah. What yeah, do you want it to say on
2: was... your tombstone? Here lies David St. Hubbin's and why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty damn genius movie, and like the one guy's just such a moron and stuff. He has oh, this yeah, space, uh, he's yeah, complete space cadet. He's Christopher Guest. Gass- Christopher Guest Gass- yeah. the whole movie. All of his all of, when he, my one of my favorite parts obviously is when he's playing the piano and showing Rob Reiner like all <laughs> his <laughs> musical equipment it was stuff. Full yeah, son. you good. know, just stupid things like, well, if you want your amp to be louder, why don't you just make ten louder? And he just couldn't grasp that concept. Like, but mine goes to eleven. 11. <laughs> that was.
6: Genius. Like, (laughs) or
2: this is a a love song oh it's beautiful you know he's like it's in D minor the saddest of all keys oh what do do you title that piece it's called Lick My Love Pump (laughs) like that's just that's the epitome of 80's stuff man they'd write all these soft ballads when really it was just nothing more than a pine to get girls to sleep with them Rob Reiner's genius in this one
0: Yes, because oh, yeah. he's like he's channeling. I think a lot of other directors. He, I don't know. I'm just gonna say, like he's wearing a hat like the director would wear. He like is he like a mixture of like Spielberg and John Millius? I don't really know what he's going for, but yeah. it's but just perfect. But that like this it. navy hat. Yeah, right? yeah always that hat. And he's like really intellectual, but he's like well, I first discovered this band, and then he's like <laughs> it's just, like the dumbest band ever, and he's still interested complete in... idiots. Yeah, these
6: are my pet idiots. I, I love it look the guitar that no one could look at too. To oh yeah, yeah. You can't even you look, can't look touch at it. Can't it. touch it, can never be played ever. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's ridiculous, but again in all the right ways. Uh like the hum- they're getting lost and everything. <laughs> Under the stage. Under the stage, rock and roll. Wait. You're just in left kid. <laughs> they go around, <laughs> to, they go around, the around guy to the you guys must made a wrong turn. And just, you know the whole like struggling to stay relevant, and you know the the Yoko Ono chick that comes oh, in. Yeah, of oh yeah! Oh, I drew all of you guys as uh, astrological signs. That, that's great. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> it's, it's making fun a lot of the stuff that probably yeah, actually happened absolutely. in rock band. So
0: it's like it feels almost like I said accurate but ridiculous. Like, and it's that fine line. And I think the only movie that I saw that would have came before this that kind of like almost poked fun at all the different musical genres, because they do the back when they go to the '50s and they have Ed Begley Jr. on yep, the drums. Yep. <laughs> and the only movie I seen that kind of made fun of all those different genres and music was *Phantom of Paradise*, where, uh, by Brian De Palma, okay. where he's doing the theater and it has yeah. like the one band that constantly is the '50s and the '60s, and makes one of, like the Beach Boys style and it does all the different kind of music. And it's got to have the, they have the weird. Yeah, work. yeah, yeah. That, that's a that's, that's a really cool that's movie
3: too.
1: Movie.
0: Years. And it wow. reminds me of that, but it's different. That one's not like yeah. satire. It is satire, but it's not a mockumentary. the yeah. different. But also the one other thing I could say about it was I love seeing Patrick Macney in it. Not to be confused with Patrick McGoon or Patrick Magney. <laughs> all these fucking British guys. But uh <laughs> Macney from, from Waxwork. Yeah. He's in a bunch of stuff. He's the, he's the, his um uncle in the wheelchair. He was oh, their uh, the guy who ran the company. Oh my God, I
6: have to yeah, I you watch know. Watch
0: work forever yeah, either. yeah, but yeah, I just like the cast was really top notch and tons of cameos. Oh and yeah, yeah. And that, the the relationship between Christopher Guest and uh, Michael McKean was so uncomfortable. Like, and, yeah. they were they were kind of gay, I think, together. <laughs> and they had some weird relationship, like yeah. with each other. But like, the, our Guest was in love with Michael Keane, and he was really jealous of the girlfriend because he's always like off to the side staring, and it's just really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was
6: awesome. Like, I and mean, it feels authentic to a degree. Like it, it it feels like this could have been a true story to some extent. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Minor embellishments. That's one thing I really got into it. And it's a fun fucking story. Like, you get yeah. wrapped up and the music is actually pretty on, The lyrics like, are really funny. Dude, funny. Oh, yeah. fat bottom. Fat bottom fucking rules. I've heard worse real songs. <laughs> I mean, I've heard worse <laughs> like, written songs like, than yeah. that. You could turn on the radio right now and we can guarantee find a worse song. I was listening no to doubt. some, uh, not from the movie,
2: but some yeah. tracks
6: from them, you know, like Bitch
2: School and that music yeah. video. It's funny because it basically starts off with the guy trying to explain to them. He's like, they just can't grasp the concept that they're going to do a music video in an all-girls school and then finally Christopher Guest is like, well, I, I guess all females would make us look more male then.
1: <laughs>
0: or, or when they argue about the album cover, Yeah. like you smell the glove. If you were in bondage, you'd be different. Like, oh, it's fine line between uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what is it, genius and stupidity or yeah. something
6: like that. <laughs> oh, Sh- shark sandwich. Shark sandwich. Yeah. The review simply said shit sandwich. <laughs> <Or the laughs> intravenous de Milo. Who printed that? Who printed that? <laughs> You
0: know, it's one of these movies, right when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is definitely one that you watch more and more, yes. and it gets better uh, and yeah. better, like any of the Coen Brother movies. Yes. Like, the first time you watched it, like, that was very good, very clever, but, like, you think back, and you're like, so fucking funny, and you yes. keep repeating the lines. Yeah. Like, it's just, just genius.
2: Yeah, you figure it out more, you appreciate things more, and the more times you it's go at it. It's not exactly laugh out loud the first time you see it,
0: but it's just, like, cringy and awkward, but you keep thinking of the lines, and when the, you say them to yourself, you're like, that's funny.
1: Hilarious.
0: <laughs> and is, I watched it for the first time. I knew it was good. I knew it was going to be good. And I that's knew, probably oh, why it. you
2: delayed it, right? Because you're
0: like, yeah, this is good. There's, this everybody is has good. like a list of movies they haven't seen that they're like embarrassed by. like You know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. like, yeah, I haven't seen it. And then people are like,
2: you haven't seen
4: it? Like, we got to stop doing that, guys. You know I mean? Quit movie shaming.
0: And, or anything. Like, it's... It, People do it with obscure movies too. It's like, I, I haven't seen Zombie Bloodbath 3. You ain't seen Zombie Bloodbath 3? No motherfucker, I'm not one of the 12 people that checked it out in 1999 <laughs> when it came out. Sorry I missed that one.
6: Did you see two at least? Yeah, I did see Rage of the Undead. It was pretty good. Uh, the Raging
2: Hard Out of the Undead, part no, 17. No, let, there actually
6: is three Zombie
0: Bloodbaths. No,
2: uh, <laughs> and the second one is Rage of the Undead
0: by Todd Sheets. All right. Um, do you guys uh, want to say anything else about Spinal Tap? Uh,
6: if you haven't seen it, 100% watch it. It's Classic. incredible. It's a great comedy. Don't
2: take it too seriously, yeah. or you suck assholes. Yeah, seriously. Don't
6: don't get offended by it. I,
2: but it's I not get it it's It's not offensive. It's, no, it's not offensive, no. offensive at all. No. Just I don't, don't expect so. it to be serious. No.
0: I And mean, Rob Reiner, though, I, he's done so much stuff, and I know I've seen a couple of his movies, but I should go back and watch some more of his Yeah, Definitely. Stuff, he was always great on um, the, what is it, Jesus, Archie Bunker show, All in the Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great on that meathead. So.
6: Good at one-liners, too. Like, one-liners yeah. are always prevalent in his movies. Hell, even Princess Bride is yeah. loaded with a ton of them. God, and he plays it straight, too, in, oh, um, uh, jeez, Spinal Tap, perfect. Yeah. Yep. He plays it perfect.
0: They all play it straight. Yeah. you got to play it straight. Yeah, when, just, when you know you're being, an, always play it straight. You can't Jimmy Fallon it. No. No. <laughs> I don't know why even when like Adam Sandler would sometimes laugh I'd be like I like that guy yeah. I don't care it's Chris Farley you can't not laugh yeah. Jimmy Fallon would be like I got your coffee Mr. Reynolds <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm on TV with Burt Reynolds
0: <laughs> Yeah, but, all right, fuck up people are like unsubscribe love Jimmy Fallon I, I Jimmy do you
2: see time. this shit look what these fucking chotch bags said about you you, you know what? I'm going to tell
0: this story because it's ridiculous. This is completely unrelated to this. but I'm going to tell. Jake's an asshole. My cousin Jake. This, remember this one time Jake got drunk and we were. <gasps> he, he was complaining about Tesla. The band. And I was like, they're fine, okay, whatever. Which I, I have them. been fortunate
2: enough, my band has been fortunate enough to open up for Tesla. I
0: shouldn't even say this, but Jake starts complaining about him, he's drunk, and we start, I'm like, they're all right, like they are alright i do not even care enough to argue with you. So he's like, he he takes our other friend's cell phone, who's drunk, doesn't care, and he speed dials, he gets operated, he's like, get me a number to Tesla. Somehow he... he they give him a number. I don't know if it's actually their management or whatever. But he gets on there and he starts complaining to him on the answering machine at like, I don't know, midnight. And he's like, Tesla should be taken in public and killed. No, wait, wait, shame, shame. Because he realized he said <laughs> And then he hung up all like, So he does this. <coughs> the other day, him and Corey added me to a private group on Facebook. A message, or message, private message. And they're like, guys, the whole series of Renegades on YouTube. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I was like, I fucking hate Lorenzo oh, yeah. Lamas, so Lorenzo Lamas sucks. If I want a guy who may or may not be part Native American, I'll take Lou Diamond Phillips. And yeah. he sucks, too. And then, and then it said... Unless it And then does. it said Jake Benson has added Lorenzo Lamas to the conversation. And they're like, please don't hurt him. Please, please don't hurt Dave. He doesn't know what he's talking about, Lorenzo. And I was just like, leave conversation. <laughs> I was like, I'm not trying to... If he does on the off chance, he, I'm gonna try to
6: hurt dude's feelings. Not no. that he would ever see it or care what I yeah, think. Yeah, what's all the snake eater movies when they're on Joe Bob Briggs drive-in theater Of course. Years ago, but that's about it. I Man, I watched a little bit of Renegade. I don't, he, about... I don't know nothing about
2: a
0: I don't know nothing about Lorenzo Lamas. I like. I don't
2: want to know.
6: And Renegades, I like the guy who played
2: his partner better than I like Lorenzo Lamas. I probably saw episodes of that show and don't remember a damn thing. I guarantee it. Everyone saw it at least once uh, or twice. Roll this is spinal. T- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very delicate. It's a, it's a bit of a departure from the kind of thing you normally play. What do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, Lick My Love Pump. Hmm.
3: This is The Loudest.
1: Rock and roll. Rock and roll.
3: Most explosive band
2: in heavy metal history. This is Spinal Tap. It's,
4: it's such a joke. fine line between stupid and, and clever.
2: The funniest movie ever made
4: about rock and roll. Wow. Choked on vomit. Well I can't prove whose vomit it was.
3: The Monumental
4: Classic! There was a Stone Age monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. The makeup of your audience seems to be young boys. Oh, well, it's a sexual thing, really. We've got, you know, armadillos in our trousers. I mean, it's really quite frightening. No, don't have I it. was just pointing at it. I Well, don't point. I'm sure, I'd feel much worse if I weren't under such heavy sedation. <laughs>
2: phenomenon. The numbers all go to eleven. Does that mean it's louder?
3: Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder?
4: These go to eleven.
3: This is Spinal Tap.
0: Let's hop in here, guys. We're gonna talk about some heavy metal and rock and roll horror movies that we like. I know there's like dozens. The gate. Trick or Treat, Hard Rock
2: okay. Zombies, Rock and Roll Nightmare with John Michael Thor,
6: Heavy Metal. Uh,
2: yeah,
0: edit it. note: Cutting that out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, that, the movie's so bad. It's, it's so, so bad. it's so bad. It's good movie. When people are like, "Man, Troll Two the best." So bad, it's good oh, movie. I was like, "No, man, Maximum Overdrive, uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare." Even though Maximum Overdrive is actually, I think, good.
2: Yeah, Rock like, and Roll Nightmare but. is. The best shittiest yes. metal hard rock horror movie because number one, it was more like a, a vanity project. Yeah, yeah. It was 80s metal, like 80s glam right. rock more. Glam. So this the John Michael Thor soundtrack was incredibly hilarious. We,
5: how's what's that we, we accept, accept the, the
1: challenge?
0: The off-brand it tried to incorporate sons of goo, like 80s crap. Like they had ghoulies yeah. in there, but they were
2: just really bad hand puppets, yeah. like I would put in a movie. They were terrible hand puppets, they made no sense. The stars that the first of all the devil was yeah. like some kind of cheap prop you could buy at a Halloween that was store. Be- oh, Bob. that BL wasn't the devil, Bob. and he moved like this when he fought. That was pretty yeah. bad. Oh
6: man! The,
2: you won't be able to take him in this fight. For some reason, Satan threw starfish
6: <laughs> with, Adam, <laughs> Cheerios with, cool. up, with Cheerios with Cheerios. Yeah. Like, oh oh, God, oh, 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 God, oh, he got I I God, me. Like, you sure you're not
2: yeah, helping him? What the thing
6: about yeah.
0: it is? That's not even what really sucks about the movie. That stuff's fun. The commentary, the is, whole, the whole twist
6: at the end. Is oh, where well he's the he's, he's the archangel. Arc, what well, No, he calls himself Everything was, something else, but he mutters it like, "I'm an exorcismer, little." Cool. What? And then all
2: and of a sudden, evidently, if you're an archangel, your hair gets feathered immediately. He
3: just Aquanet like, powers.
0: Weird. Not finished the movie and then just at the end they had the tech that ending on it. That's, that's what it looks like. Yeah, like they yeah. had this really crappy, like, kind of slasher movie and yeah, they are the, like. All the kids we were fake. Doing? It was a whole fake yeah. setup just yeah. to lure them out. I've seen movies that ended like that, but they were like, we ran out of money. What were we doing? <laughs> it was a dream, like, vicious, uh, whatever the fucking I mean, one by other. How
6: to begin with? Like, that movie looks like it was shot for $20. I love movies shot for $20. Yeah, Hell,
5: I've one... made movies shot for
6: $20. <laughs> not <laughs> as clever, though. It, it, like, it just. It's bad. And like the, the whole, like, one of the parts that drove me nuts is where he's just sitting there. There's a scene of him just sitting there reading a book or whatever, and he has a can of Coke, and he, he purposely sets it down and then turns it so the label's out, just so subtly. It's like, yeah. oh, there we go. That's where oh. a little bit of the money comes from. Cold is Didn't not it? good
2: for them muscles, John. Wasn't that John? He doesn't drink milk.
6: <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he does a lot
2: of drinking now. Have you seen bad, him lately? But Cole, I mean, he's 5,000. Like yeah, he, he hasn't. We looked up a song just for this. Uh, Warp five thousand by John Michael Thor. You oh. will be disappointed.
6: I
0: don't know if you guys know, but there's a sequel to the Rock and Roll Nightmare called the Antecessor. Oh. I never That's watched. It. That's what he called himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I have no idea what yeah. fucking yeah. said. Oh, Aaron, the fucking. And Aaron Walsh said it was the worst movie ever. I believe him. Okay, I have to see it now. It's like early two thousand, so you know. It's just, oh my God! Yeah, but John Michael Thor ran out of money. The sequel, no one was waiting for. Didn't John Fastinum do that movie? Right, I think that's who he yeah. did, and it's the same guy who did Black Roses, which is way better than yes. Rock and Roll Nightmare. I,
6: God, I haven't seen that one. And he did
0: Jitters, uh, which is Jumping Vampires, which I haven't ever watched. Black Roses is better. As the, is it Pussy in that from The Sopranos? Isn't he one of the guy's dad? He gets I don't know. stuck into a a, a big been, old radio, I think, on a, a speaker. Yeah. Okay.
1: I
6: don't think I've seen that since like high school because I remember running it at video connection in Westgate because I ran it out of Rest video connection, connection horror section. But yeah, I mean, that one's
2: much better.
1: Yeah, because it I mean, doesn't
2: have yeah. Thor, probably. <laughs> yeah. But Thor, that's not the only movie Thor's in. You guys yeah. ever see Zombie Nightmare? No. But no. have you seen the documentary about his life? No. It's it's everything you Did think. Did he pay it for it thing? to be made? Yeah. Then you know it's a bandit project. <laughs> it, get, get me making a protein shake here.
6: <laughs> it, it's, it's actually like all right, like Spinal Tap, except real, real and kind of tragic. tragic. Yeah.
2: But he's a very deep lyricist, John Michael <laughs> Thor. Like a. Like uh, one of my favorite songs called Shit the Pants. Let's see, the opening line is The time has come to shit the pants, spread your legs, and take a squatting stance. When you have lyrics that deep, how can you not be in love with a guy like why that?
0: Why would you squat if you're shitting your
2: pants? <laughs> <laughs> That's good, yeah. Why, why just why just would
0: you, to like if you're shitting your pants, Wait. just to stand there like a Why wouldn't you just let it roll down your leg? Just stand there like the mentally handicapped person you must be. Yeah. Like the teacher in <laughs> bloodgasm. Yeah. He just yeah. shits blood. He's just standing... I think that guy made it in Housebound, too, a news, another New Zealand movie. Okay. That teacher pops up in. Yeah, but... Uh,
2: not a, Rock and Roll
0: is not great, but it's yeah. fun.
2: You gotta I see just it. Love, once. I love making fun. That's why I had to bring it up. I love making fun of that movie. It's one of my favorite movies to just rip on and have fun with. I, I usually,
0: I never like hate watching. Like, I, I, there's some certain stuff I actually enjoy about Rock and Roll Nightmares. I like little creatures, you know. I don't mind the cheap puppets and stuff like that. That's not what bothers me. It's just, it's, Thor is not really, it doesn't have any charisma. No, so there's no, really char- yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a great movie. And it, it's almost like, it's so bad <laughs> it's good. Black Roses is better. It's been years since I've seen it. It's been years since I've seen it, but I definitely
6: remember that one. I had the Synapse DVD. I had the Synapse DVD of Rock and Roll Nightmare and Black Roses. Still do. Oh, wow. Heavy Metal and uh, not so much Heavy Metal 2000. Those were two that uh, I liked. They attached themselves to metal quite a bit. Like, Heavy Metal was more early Heavy Metal, like more hard rock. Blue Acer, Colts. Johnny
0: Candy voice in there.
6: Dude, John Candy and um, Harold Ramis. Yeah, yeah. And it's fantastic. John Vernon was also a voice in there, John too. Vernon.
0: I'm not going to lie. I think John Vernon pops up in every episode I do for some reason. I love John Vernon. Dude, he had a
6: great voice. And he
0: also was, like I said, like me and, me, the last time we were sitting here talking, I had Matt Hudson. We talked about John Vernon for like 10 minutes. Like, he's just scary. Like, he he's is, intimidating as shit.
6: <laughs> and he, whole and secret probation. It's a real thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Every movie, like I said, whether it's Killer Clowns or The Outlaw of Josie Wales, everything. He's just Killer a clowns. wonderful actor.
6: If I gave those men my word. <laughs> he freaks out on yeah, but that, that movie had a lot of cool stuff that went like, from sci fi to horror to just flat out fantasy and, and shit. It's like, the
0: only, probably, heavy metal horror. Not horror, but anthology, isn't it? Yeah.
6: Um, well, the second one, they didn't go with the anthology. Uh, they went with one solid story. I never saw the second one. Uh, it's okay. Like, the. It came out in the 2000s. This was still when new metal was a big thing. So, like, you know, bands like Korn and such were very popular. So, they had pretty much B-sides from a lot of those style of bands, except for a couple that were pretty interesting. Like Queens of the Stone Age has a rare song that's only on there.
0: Well, you know what's funny is you look back at the original heavy metal, and people will be like, it's dated, but in the most fantastic way yeah. because of the music. But if you look at Heavy Metal 2000, you're like, "This is dated in the most yeah. terrible yeah, way." Yeah, like this
6: is just kind of awkward. Like this is just because I'm imagining yeah. the music. You know, this is manufactured rage, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you're not really pissed. Come you're on, you're not angsty. <laughs> All right, you can get
0: mad. You can flip the table, but take the dishes
2: off first.
6: That kind of rage. <laughs> <laughs> Really? I'm going to go to my room, but I'm not going to slam my that's door. That's
2: like
0: a little, little kid getting mad about the video game where like he can't break anything. He's like, oh, yeah. he's like, and he's hitting his bed. And he's like, yeah. no.
2: shut up. <laughs> he
0: just shuts up immediately. <laughs> he punches
2: a pillow right <laughs> over. Fuck, 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 fuck. All right. Wait, is that All the same right. video where the kid tries to shove yeah, the remote up? Yeah, that's up. the <laughs> one I'm referring to. That's the one I'm referring to. Oh, but that's yeah. the Nothing guy. will show you how mad I am like shoving the direct TV remote straight up my b like yeah, I hope you get, uh, what's it when
0: you get like poop on there? I hope you get hepatitis, Ben. Shell <laughs> <laughs> Eating so chips. Oh, Jesus. He's eating the chips.
2: Want a pretzel? <laughs> <laughs> That's a
0: moment. Yeah. Ass. Never seen it. Whoa. right? right. We're yeah. talking
6: about that one in
0: <laughs> and then uh, I guess I guess uh, what are some other ones? Trick or Treat's a classic. Yeah. it's got Ozzy and Gene Simmons in the it. Of course, half, is why I loved it. The first half of Trick or Treat is amazing. The second half's okay, Light so it, it, it comes out to be like decent. And it has that whole '80s killer theme where it's like I'm electricity, like Shocker, or I can jump through bodies. It, it feels like a lot fun. like them. Shocker. Shocker's fun. I guess Shocker would be considered too. Oh, uh, that's Shocker was on
6: the uh, soundtrack. So, or, yeah. so is uh, of, uh, which guy from uh, Kiss? Uh, Paul Stanley. Yeah. The Stanley one was on the soundtrack. He's sings shocker. Oh, was he? I think See, he does. The only one I, I never owned the soundtrack, but I knew that. Um, doesn't he? I think he uh, No more Mr. Nice Guy. The Megadeth cover. Oh yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's, I love that song by Alice Cooper. The original. Yeah, part. of course. That's oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Alice Cooper. I love Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's a heavy metal artist. He's oh. a bunch of horror movies. Prince of Darkness, Monster Dog, Monster Dog. Yeah, yeah Monster, Monster Dog's actually pretty good. Nightmare on Elm Street Part Six: Freddy's Dead. Oh, yeah, he was his
1: dad.
6: Yeah, he's
0: in lots of <laughs> stuff. I love oh, that. God, cool. Prince of Darkness. Uh, oh, yeah, that's one of the best.
6: Bicycle-wielding fucking... Mm-hmm. That is John Carpenter's well, this, most underrated
0: movie. I love that movie. Uh, it's his most underrated. Because all his... Same thing. in a jar. It's terrifying. <laughs> it is. That broadcast when they're sleeping. I don't know that it counts
6: as heavy metal. But, eh, oh, no, it, it doesn't it, matter. It, it, it's, it's the devil. Metal and
2: horror think. are very cross. Yes. Heavy... I mean, look
6: at heavy. this. This is, this is very horror right here. Metal, horror, and wrestling. Like, I'm
0: not the biggest metal guy, but I go to conventions and stuff. It's like, those are like... Everywhere. Metal horror wrestling.
2: They're like, You metalhead?
0: It's like, no, I just like horror movies. <laughs> oh, so you like wrestling? Yeah, you mad yeah. <laughs> <day> in 2000. <laughs> the game in two thousand.
2: The we were Attitude Era fans. And before anything
0: before Attitude Era is cool, but anything after I just got burnt home.
6: Yeah. I was like early WWF, like the early Royal Rumbles and they had yeah, like single Singletary. Talking about Andre the Giant. Hakeem
2: shit. and
0: shit.
2: Hakeem the dream.
0: <clears throat> I love
6: him. It's all Jim Duggan. He's still wrestling. Jake the Steel. That guy's gonna wrestle that. Like Jesse the Body. <laughs> Jesse, you're, <laughs> you're not a beach. I'll fucking field. slam you. What do you think
2: they're? Mean, I was a <laughs>
0: Navy SEAL. <laughs> uh, we got. What are some other um ones I'm thinking of? Do you ever see Hard Rock Zombies? Uh, no. Wait,
6: is that the one like the entire band dies and they wrestle? Yes, them? They're it's like, like Nazis States.
0: and werewolves. It's been years since I've <laughs> it. There's actually a poster in that room. Oh it's nonsense. Okay, it's been years. I like nonsense. nonsense. It's like bad, good. Like, All right. Been years. I mean, uh, Shock 'em dead. You ever see that one? No. I think he sells yeah. his soul. When he yeah, does that's like, the like,
2: one where Michelangelo Badio's in it, right? Playing the double neck guitar. I think so. At the end, I've yeah. always seen
0: it the one time, but that okay. one's one that always stuck out to me.
2: Yeah, I believe Shock 'em Dead's the one where Michelangelo Badio from the I think '80s right. group Nitro. He's like the devil, and he's playing his famous double neck guitar. And yeah, he's like, uh, or um, there were a lot of there were a lot of. Movies, would you consider you know? Detroit Rock City? Yeah, not, that was, not yeah, horror, but not it has horror, heavy metal yeah.
6: on it. I mean, uh, Gene Simmons is also in that movie Runaway with Tom Selleck. I never actually watched it. It's he's actually, also, it's really good. It's, it's not, so campy. It's I've, I've, I've wanted it. to see it for years. I think just, I had the DVD. He's got a fucking gun that fires like tracking missiles and shit. And yeah, have you ever, have you ever seen this movie? No. Oh, you should. It's, I it, just it's want to see Gene Simmons 80s. fight Tom Selleck's mustache. He's
0: also in a, um, what's the other one? No, he's also in another uh, never. Die Young or something? Never Die Young? Was that one John to...
6: Samus? Yeah. yeah. I've
0: never seen that one either, but that one's supposed to be
6: blockers. I saw a bit of that, once again, like uh, Joe Bobbitt's driving yeah. theater, and uh, it was weird because I think he's, like, uh, a hermaphrodite? Yeah, there's something going on like And, that. like, John Samus has to, like, fight. it was weird. It was really fucking weird. Like, there was, like, a fight scene between those like, I don't think my brain can process what's going on right now.
2: This, this is strange, strange movie. From what I understand. what about Sandman, from Tempe? Oh, Tempe. use that. Used, that used use Metallica, Metallica in, the, in the thing. I remember watching the credits because it was another movie you had for Tempe, and uh, yeah, we, we, watched we watched the previews. Yeah, all the previews that.
0: and stuff, and it was like I wonder how they got away with using Metallica, and then was they like... They figured oh, nobody was I'm gonna, like gonna, use gonna, use use gonna use fucking see it, right? Probably not. There's Hard Rock Nightmare, which I think I've seen. I, I get that confused with another one. Um, uh, new Hollywood New Blood, which is an awful movie. I get that confused with Hard Rock Nightmare all the time. And then there's, uh, I think there's a werewolf in Hard Rock Nightmare. Okay. And then we got Demons has a heavy metal soundtrack. That's a yeah. badass movie. That's probably the best of the one. There
6: were, a, like in the early 2000s, there were a lot of movies that had pretty much strictly metal soundtracks. you yeah. know, like Alone right. in the Dark, which
2: Queen of the Damned had a band. that's yep. the worst.
6: I hate Queen of the Damned. I know you turned do. it off. <laughs> I know you do. But the soundtrack had a lot of popular
2: yeah. bands from that <laughs> day. You know, yeah. like yeah. Static X and yeah. stuff like Justin that. Davis. We ever yeah. mentioned Strangeland?
6: Strangeland. Strangeland. Yeah. Well, I mean, Snyder yeah. yeah. does yeah. a great job in I was like, a lot of times I've seen that one.
2: And you were. Would you say it's fair that Strangeland was Saw before Saw? He, it definitely was a little ahead of its time. I don't think
0: it's the best movie ever made, but it had some ideas in it that no one else did.
2: Before. D. Snyder did a yeah. really good job because sometimes when you see people like that, you're cross genreing. Yeah. It's like you know, not everybody can get away with it. Like not everybody's Rob Zombie yeah. can do a yeah. movie, a, a good movie, then do a good album, then yeah. do you know? Although I'm sorry, Rob Zombie hasn't made a good album in quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard any of his later albums, but I, I love Rob Zombie's movies. I I know a people, a lot of people, like his movies. And I'm just like. I like
0: them. I don't give a fuck. If you don't like it, he loves, don't the, he loves watch the old it. grindhouse yeah. aspect. His movies
2: fun. are all like those. They're homages like, to the old school.
0: They're all just different variations of the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I love the Texas but, Chainsaw Massacre. When I saw House
6: of the Thousand Corpses, it was like, eh, this Texas Chainsaw Massacre, except with kind of clowns or something. With more comedic, you know. what like,
0: yeah. you know. well, they call that stuff
6: um, psychotronic movies. Yeah.
0: Just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. like, almost like Southern exploitation and just like horror mix like, they're definitely yeah. very they, they're weird as shit yeah. I just like I'm a sucker for character actors he yeah. uses all those old character actors he yeah. even ends up using Jeffrey Lewis in Devil's Reject so I'm like yeah, yeah. yeah. He uses Tom Poles. there's just some guys I really like so that helps there's, there's, so, there's a lot still a lot more heavy metal there's one called uh, Heavy Metal Massacre which has uh, Falco in it, David Falco. I think he was a wrestler. He uh, he works on a label, I think now, or some of his movies. Mm-hmm. He directed the uh, movie that was like a semi remake of Last House on the Left called Chaos. That last minute got changed. It's a pretty brutal movie, actually. Hmm. But uh, I never watched Heavy Metal Massacre. It looks like a SOV shot on video. Yeah, it looks pretty terrible. But I should probably <laughs> watch it just to find out for myself. I'm trying to think. I think the gate.
2: We never even forgot yeah. oh, the oh, gate. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry.
0: How did we not mention the gate? Because we're stupid. Yeah. I love it That movie traumatized you as a kid.
2: I remember you came over and you were like, there's this movie that freaked me out when I was real little. It's, it's when all those little clay yeah. things were yep. eating the oh kid. Man, dude. I got, I munching on the kid. I'm like, fuck. I, I couldn't remember it. the movie and then yeah. one
0: day I put it in and I was like, you let's watch be this be and you're be like, be this is it. it. And I was like, oh, I love this I was movie. like, this is
2: the movie. I'm like, munch on this oh. kid, man. And the phone melts with the- Parents up like you've been bad. Like, yeah, dude. Like, Fuck me up. I can't tell you how many times like, I'd go to bed and wrap the covers around me. Like if those little fuckers come up my leg, dude, I'm gonna kick them across. This all room. because the album was played backwards. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was part of it with
0: all, yeah. that, and all that weird shit. But that was that was like a PG-13. There was Actually, I it think kids. Was, was yeah.
6: it PG-13 or yeah. was it right before the PG-13 rating started it, coming it, out? I mean, it was it was PG-13. It it was, was, yeah. okay. And even
2: though this is comedy, a little more comedy, not really horror as much. But Little Nicky had a lot of satanic, I was thinking, demonic like, like, the themes, Chicago yeah. Yeah. yeah, and had you know playing Chicago yeah. backwards, yeah. worship Lucifer, and you know all the Led Zeppelin, Metallica, Slayer, you know all the good references. I'm, I'm
0: sure we're forgetting a handful. Oh, of, I'm sure uh, we rock are. And roll
2: horror movies, There's but I, I went off like the top of my head. I think we're yeah, I think we hit a lot.
6: I mean, there was all, all of, the
2: main ones. I'm sure yeah. maybe we've missed one or two, but yeah. regardless, yeah. it's we, a good yeah. genre. It's Metal fun. and horror
6: are very much linked.
2: I do hate.
6: Um, when they have metal incorporated to a soundtrack for no reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, like so we have four pop songs, and throw this metal. Me, me, me. Yeah, like when it's like during a death scene. Yeah. Like, Bro. Lame. Yeah, like, next.
0: It, you gotta score your movie. Yeah, dude. Or like, have a nice needle drop occasionally put in your movie. Not just every second. But, I like if it's like, like, Defgasm can use the heavy metal because it's about heavy metal and they're playing the music so it incorporates into it. But like, you're just throwing it in randomly and it has nothing to do with the movie it's so out of place like the orphan killer it's cringeworthy when it's out of place that bad i don't hate the orphan killer but i definitely hate it's it's sound use of soundtrack yeah
2: terrible and that can ruin a movie man it it really can a heavy metal cover of cry little sister was the worst song i ever heard dude that's a a, a, manson one or no cry little sister from the lost Boys. yeah from the lost
6: boy did he just cover that they, this this was I like. No. It's like. And actually, the first time I tried to watch it. Where's
2: the cover it. of Tim Capello's I Still Believe, God <laughs> damn It? I Still Believe.
6: Chains and a saxophone, and then a lot of oil.
2: Lot Dude, of I saw a video oil. of him not too long ago, and all he's doing, from what it looks like, all this guy's doing is going around to like conventions held by middle aged, old ass ladies, taking his shirt off and playing saxophone. <laughs> All these girls are like, yeah, bitches. I still got it. Oh, I'm gonna blow my horn.
0: uh who cares? Well, so, yeah, honey, I going to go on stage. There's <laughs> guy,
2: There's people that make a living doing that. Yeah, There'll be like an oh, extra. more power to them.
0: Uh, the dead, and they'll they'll go to conventions for years and tell the same stories over and again, and then people love it. Yeah, hey, they're gonna pay for because it because
2: they were close to that, you know. And yeah. ever, it's just you know you were part of it, even if it wasn't the most gigantic part. You are still part of something that they yeah. loved so much. What, that, what's that line in uh, the Pink Floyd song? Would you
0: exchanged a lead role in the cage for a walk on part? <laughs> to walk out walk on roll in the war or something like that. Yeah, yeah for a lead of, role in a yeah, cage. Yeah, yeah. Well they were part of walk on roll walk on role in the war. That's yeah. tongue Twister for me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 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 I like the Floyd. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. My favorite album is their last one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know people hate the last albums.
6: It was just a bunch of experts. Like, why did they even brand that as an album? Uh,
0: <laughs> I bought it. It's like a lot of Rob Zombies. I was like, these are all remix albums. <laughs> There's no new music. No, I'm really
6: Deluxe too. I'm like, oh, why? Because they're all remixed. <laughs> techno versions. But I don't really like techno. Have you seen my wife's tits? They're on the cover. Oh, <laughs> well, guess so. All right, so well. Let's check this oh out. Sherry.
0: You know, this is, this is ridiculous. How, how much is it? $50? $50? This
2: is. Oh, bro. God, it feels like a sham. Whitest as- kid you know. Remember that <laughs> with the vacuum? <laughs> remember that? the yeah. vacuum? <laughs> so this that will suck your. Oh, really? <laughs> and then he—this really? the he, is ridiculous. He's paying like fifteen dollars. <laughs> Do you remember the greatest whitest kids you know skit ever? Baked beans. I don't think I. Oh my god. god, dude! Look up frog I won't go into detail, but look up the whitest kids you know. Baked beans. That's, That's also the greatest too. Yeah, the greatest. That's the greatest and baked beans. Get, get, baked beans gets me into tears even though I've seen it a hundred times I laugh like a small girl every time <laughs> I see it so fucking weird. you guys want to plug
0: your channel one more time
2: yeah thanks for having us Dave oh, I no appreciate doubt. it no man, Thank you, man. Uh, once again we are the thralls of metal and we look really forward to being a part of the screaming toilet family and doing reviews for you guys as well as continuing to update our own channel thralls of metal on YouTube
6: yeah 100% yeah we're, we're looking forward whatever you get to send us, of course naturally metal You guys are a quartet, too, for you. Yeah, there's two other guys. The Tommy and Jam and John.
2: And that's what we like about what we do because we all, um, you know, we have different areas of metal that we all enjoy maybe a little bit more so uh, than the other person. So there's a good wide variety of us to give reviews. So it's not just pigeonholed into one thing. You guys can have intelligent arguments. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely that's always good to have like a little bit of disagreement yeah that's what it would suck if we agreed on everything I like it as well I like it too although sometimes we'll do reviews based on what we like and sometimes that'll happen and be like I really like that part oh I really like that part we we
6: finally got John to do a black metal yeah yeah Yeah. so we're trying to switch up how we do reviews he didn't hate it he's like see you're growing a little bit that's good
0: you guys got anything else to say? Uh nice for having you thank, you. Was, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Make awesome, sure man. make sure you subscribe. Uh, these guys will probably come back here and there. I'd like to have guests on there
2: so we can just talk about And more we'd shit. love it's to fun. have you maybe yeah. come yeah. and do review an album. I know nothing about music. It, that was That's perfect. Good. That's the blank canvas. Yeah. I, it's the yeah, most honest raw thing myself. You gotta give me something. You gotta give me a concept album. Sure. No, we make
6: like like a compilation of stuff we all pick, like individual tracks or something. And just get your fans like, Dave's a lyric man.
2: He likes the lyrics, so we'll have to give him something. All will wills. Got
6: it. (coughs) 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 What did he say? Like, it's mostly a lot of. (coughs) It
2: sounds like Norman Bates killing a pig. That's exactly it. You
6: know the sign when someone clears a clogged drain? Yeah, that.
2: Remember Pigs the movie? It's someone just stuck an audio recording of pigs, <laughs> and then put it on I never time. watched Pigs the movie.
6: I have it though. I know you.
2: On do. Blu-ray. Are you sure you've never watched it? Because I feel like i I feel like you're the person I've watched Pigs. Who in the fuck else would I watch Pigs with? Did you watch Slaughterhouse? Maybe. Maybe. No, it was the one where the pigs were eating the people. They were all like zombied out eating people.
6: Oh, okay. I'm Because the, the farm.
2: farmers were like feeding them human remains and then they got oh, that taste for... Are you sure you're not thinking of motel hell where they bury yeah, them up to down? Yeah, the neck with yeah. the throat. And then they cook them up uh, and feed them. Yeah. Okay. They they the pig yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I think we're out of here, guys. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> otherwise we'll <laughs> ramble forever.